0: another episode of the b-side it's a spin-off podcast of the film stage show for the film stage website today we're going to talk about someone i've been wanting to talk about for a while and and it's so special we have two guests um here to talk about it with us one let's just say he's the producer of this podcast i've been kind of you know, dallying around it. He's been helping me on these podcasts for a long time. Multiple time guests. Connor O'Donnell, how are you?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for, you know, finally giving me my
0: favorite, <laughs> obviously. You're more than welcome. And then, privileged to have our special guest with us, who we've been talking about doing a podcast for a little while now. I'm so happy she's on. Catherine Clark Gray, writer-producer for Uncompromised Creative, who... Maid wrote a great film called The Paper Store with Penn Badgley and Richard Kind based on her play 516. You can watch it on Amazon Prime right now along with director Nicholas Gray who will probably, we're going to try to get on a podcast uh, in 2019 so look for that. How are you?
2: I'm well. Nicholas co-wrote the script. He would okay. be we would be remiss Fine. if we didn't mention uh, it. I know. It was okay. No because <laughs> Yes. It was said.
0: Yes. Here yes. we are. Co- co-writers. <laughs> thank you. It was a very good note. Um, so we're talking about Charlie's Theron today. Now, before we do anything, how are you pronouncing your last name?
1: I say Theron.
0: Okay. How do you say
2: it? I say Theron. But I think I really... say
0: Theron more. Okay. Though.
2: But so... it's really, there's, this fact has to be out there. Right. Connor, no, you're no, our no. fact checker. And Connor's
0: going to be the, fa- Connor's. Yeah, yeah. so just a quick note, m- me and Katie watched the movies. We did the B sides. Connor didn't, but he's producing the show, as we said, so he's here.
2: Let's find out. He's going to be our a Robin. really Robin Givens. Is episode.
0: that who? Who's the anyway? Go ahead.
2: Who's it. the who, Robin Givens? Is totally is like a,
0: a fact checker or like yeah, a? It's, it's
2: Theron. It is Theron. Theron. Okay, you know what? <sighs> okay, now, we say it the way it's supposed to be said. Theron. That is respectful. It
1: is. No, no, no. Yeah. It, it's like Theron. I, I think it ultimately got cut out of our Keanu Reeves episode. But I actually just much to my own embarrassment, I said Therone, like the entire time when we were talking about movies that she and Keanu did. Well, sweet so November. Yeah. And Devil's I, yeah, Advocate, yeah, which
0: we'll probably talk about more on this And
1: one. uh and I remember after the fact outing myself. Oh yeah, you you did but I don't know if it made show it in that I was on. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, with Brian Rohn, and I said I was like yeah I felt real stupid because I said the wrong the whole I time
0: yeah.
2: so it's right. Theron like Heron just yep yeah yep. Theron
0: yep. so
1: quick we're so
0: we're talking about Charlize we have we have a few um, you know as we usually do and just a quick refresher right the B side we focus on movie stars not the movies that made them famous or the movies that kept them famous but the movies that they made in between and our B sides for this one are um there's some mean ones. That was the thing I took away from watching some of these movies. Charlize, she made she made some meanies in her time. And these are ones that I don't think many people liked. The ones we're going to focus on are Trapped, 2002's Trapped, which is a movie that was made. The Yards... Movie from two thousand, directed by James Gray. We actually have a great interview, uh, quick film stage plug right now. We did a great interview with James Gray recently. I think at the Marrakesh Film Festival. Huh. It's a great interview. It really is very revealing. The guy is super honest, uh, just about filmmaking and whatnot. Uh, definitely read it if you if you're so inclined and in listening right now. Uh, so the yards. Um, and then we're going to talk about um, Dark Places from 2015, and then the fourth one we were going to talk about, Head in the Clouds. Um, That was my pick. Kind of hard to find. I had trouble finding it in that place, and I was the only one who watched this because it was a last-minute decision. I watched The Last Face, which was the movie she made with Sean Penn that Sean Penn directed that played at Cannes, and everybody hated it, and then it barely came out.
2: Oh right, yes. you know what? That w- I I did see it's that about, slide by. It's about
0: Africa, and it's about trying to save it, and the people who are trying to save it are they are white people.
2: Oh my god!
1: Or directed by champagne
2: Oh no! So that
1: movie, I do not. I'm I'm perusing the box office mojo right
2: now. No, it didn't really come it out. Like
1: doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, I think it no. made a little something somewhere, but not 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 like a not a, like a quantitative. Not really. It didn't really do that So like
2: the white saviors that they pretended to be, this movie did not really exist.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? How about this? I'll just, I'll talk about it first and we'll kind of get it out of the way. Let's hear it. Okay. And then I'll do, and then we'll do a quick little bio of Charlize as we do. We'll go through her career. But so The Last Face, right, is directed by Sean Penn. It came out, quote unquote, came out like, yeah, like on Box Office Mojo. It's not even on, on here. It doesn't exist. So the movie came out. I want to say, I'm looking it up as I'm, as I'm talking, it came out in, I guess it, it, in, in 2016 it premiered at Cannes, but I guess it quote unquote came out in 2017. And it ended up basically being a VOD thing. I did think there was a little bit of theatrical, maybe not in the states, but somewhere.
2: I just saw the Rotten Tomatoes yeah, score. Yeah, we're looking
0: at Rotten Tomatoes five five percent, forty four reviews. Oh my so you God. know, there's some room for improvement.
2: Oh, so, him and her and Javier Bardem too. Yeah, Javier like, that, Bardem. They're like and a, buddies.
0: Well, so Sean Penn's sure. not in the movie. He directed it, and it, the two leads are Javier Bardem and um and Charlize. And it's basically, I mean, look, the thing. So it's a movie about. Shirley's Theron, right? You said it right. Then you she, said it perfectly. It's a movie about um, she basically she's part of a humanitarian type of you know conglomerate, a company, and and Javier Bardem is like a Doctors Without Borders type of doctor, and she basically gets brought back into the world of actually going to these places in Africa and trying to be there and support and, you know, help out and falls in love with Harvey O'Byrdell. So it's got that Casablanca thing, right, happening. That's obviously the intention. Got it. And look, Sean Penn, say what you will about the man. He, a big part of his life is humanitarian stuff. Yes. And he's definitely made it a big part of his creative life even, where a movie like The Gunman, which is that open road movie from a few years ago, it's an action movie. The movie is about humanitarianism, and then it so happens he was used to be, like, a CIA agent. So it's like, (laughs) he's trying to save a country, and then the bad guys come, and he's got it. It's kind of like the old man action movie, but with the stuff he loves. Like, you could see him negotiating it, like, all I'll I'll be in your old man action movie, but it's gotta be about saving countries, right? And so that's what the gunman is. So you can tell, like, where his heart is. And I do think the dude does care about this stuff. Unfortunately, the last face is just it's very maudlin, it's very long, it's very overwritten. There's some horrifying scenes that obviously are meant to make you look at the atrocities that are, happen in these terrible, you know, these places where you have these, you know, different factions and constant wars and, you know, power grabs happening and all the innocent people who caught who get cro- caught in the crossfire. But it's hard to get out from under the weight of a white woman and a a Spanish man, you know, trying to to be the ones who you know what I mean it's just that's it, that'll always be the problem the last samurai problem that you run into with these
1: things so. fun, fun fact if you go on Wikipedia there there's almost nothing written about the movie there's like a little, little blurb <laughs> about it but then right at the bottom the only thing under the see also section is just white savior narrative in film.
0: Oh my God. Well, but it
2: is. There you have it. That's an efficient Wikipedia entry. That tells you everything you need to know.
0: Yes, (laughs) that's the perfect Wikipedia. No, I mean, and look, and this is a total tangent. We won't even get into it too much, but I think there can be movies that are quote unquote white savior movies that actually do it pretty well. Like I think Dances with Wolves, if you actually go back and watch it, does a pretty good job with it. And I think it has that weird stigma. But if you actually go back and rewatch it, it's pretty well constructed.
2: well, part of why that works, I think, is because so much of that movie was about how he did not fit in per se right and had to sort of argue for his place, you know, and and i I think that when you look at movies that center white saviors, which is like a word that I'm just it's a perfect word for it, you know, it like is, yeah. like we are we are centering this story uh, with a backdrop of intense human suffering in a place that has sort of been stereotyped as holding the bulk of human suffering, right. you know, as a backdrop to this love story. I think that that's already telling you everything you know about what's wrong with it without me having seen it, of course. No. Right.
0: And so with the last face, it, it, yeah, I mean, look, and I, I feel like I say this on a lot of the pods. We all work in film. We all work in creative uh, stuff. I hate ragging on films too hard because every film is hard to make. And even as we're coming to the end of the year, you get the worst of lists. And I've grown to really dislike those lists because, you know, you work on commercials that maybe you don't care about what's being sold. But, you know, I just produced a commercial, whatever, a week ago, right, whatever it was. I worked so hard on whatever I was yeah. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't even matter. The point is you get the crew. You work hard. You do, you know, weeks of prep and shoot. Anyway, point is I'm not trying to rag on the last phase The intentions there. I can understand what Chompen's trying to do, and I do, I almost respect the attempt. It's just one of those things. There, it's just a misplaced thing. They just make so many different little mistakes without really going into it, and it's just so long. It's so languid. Like, it's just, it's very stretched out. She's giving a very, um, there's a lot have she, there's a lot she's trying to do in the performance and it's just not really working you know and I feel bad in that respect because she is South African and so you can kind of see how this probably was important to her she was I believe dating Sean Penn at the time they were dated for a while that is correct yeah and um and so and we'll get it I mean you know there's anyway that's. The last face. And that's where we'll leave it. It's not very good. And I feel bad. Because you can feel the passion and it just doesn't work.
2: I I think that is a very admirable way to look at these worst of lists and like just trying to rip into something. And I think I've... When I was really young, and I think this happens to a lot of people when they're really young, you just want to demonstrate how much you hate something, you know? And it is worth remembering that the worst piece of crap that you've seen had crews. They had... Lots of people working, they had craft services, they had people working really hard to keep them fed and all that stuff. I think where I can still fire up with some righteous anger is that with all of that effort and all of that human work that just goes into it, people who aren't seeing their kids, people who are, you know, just putting in those days, you know, the 12-hour days, the 16-hour days, those long days for a dumb thing that shouldn't be made, I get mad. I'm like, you should have taken the time when it was easy when it's all on paper, and, like, write something good. Like, I'm saying that as a writer, so, like, I feel like, but that's where all the mistakes can be fixed before you even start. I'm just like, why have you rallied all these people around something that just shouldn't be? And That's That's not fair.
0: And that's one of my favorite things. Jordan Raup, um, who was on the Jason Statham pod, um, I always love when he would say this, and he still says this. um, When we were in school, we'd watch an animated movie, obviously, you know, whatever's out, and he would always be like, the thing I love about animation is you can just, it's, you're creating the world. like so, so the fact that an animated movie ever comes out that isn't exactly the thing you wanted it to be seems so crazy to me. Yeah. This is what he would say. Because you can control this world. And I always thought it was a very like, obviously that discounts time and budget and what have you. But in that sense... No, but that's
2: fascinating. I haven't really thought of it out, that right? way, but yeah. I always
0: love that thought. And so to your point about the writing, it's a similar thing, if less controllable, of course, because plenty of very good scripts get made into movies that aren't very good, right? Very true. But... To your point, Last Face, or last, yeah, The Last Face, I just wish maybe, yeah, you're right. I wish Sean Penn, he wrote it. I wish he'd given it to a couple of other people, perhaps before they started filming. Anyway, Charlize. Okay, 1975, Benoni, South Africa, Charlize Theron's born. All right? That's where she's coming from. And then, in the early 90s, she moves to New York, but she doesn't have any money. And she does modeling. She's not liking it. She goes to LA. She's gonna try some other stuff. She was gonna be a dancer, but I think she was getting a little tall as I She had a, a knee problem. Knee problem.
2: Okay. And well, and you're we're skipping over the fact that she won a modeling contest and went to Milan with her mom for a while. Oh yeah. She was a model, she spent a year in Europe modeling, and then and it's then like, came to New why York. was she a
0: model? She's hideous. <laughs>
2: she's
0: <monster>. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes, I forgot about the Milan thing. That's crazy. So she had a pretty wild Um, young life, even in that respect, uh, and then at 19, and we were just talking about this before we started recording, she was in LA and she was at a bank and she was trying to cash a check that her mom had mailed her and the cashier would not cash the check. She got very mad and they got in a shouting match and (laughs) behind her was a talent agent of some sort producer of some sort. And that is how she got her first quote unquote break and what that resulted in was a lot of auditions and what have you and then finally her actual first big break in 2 Days in the Valley. Has anyone seen 2 Days in the Valley other than me? Have you seen not it? Not
2: me. I have not. Have you no, seen it? No. Okay, so 2 Days in that. the
0: Valley is a movie that came out after Pulp Fiction and is a very much a movie like that. Like it's, things
1: to do in Denver like It's a
0: very much a movie like that. And when this comes up I feel like uh, on more than a few of our episodes when you're just talking about th- this period of time I feel like we a lot of the actors we've chosen, the '90s come back again and again and again. I feel like, and so this is one of these movies. And like I said, we've talked about it before. And I think it was a festival darling to some degree. And I don't know that it really made. Yeah, it made 11 million when it came out. MGM. It was an MGM movie, so maybe it did have a little studio back. What was the budget? Um, I don't, I don't see it on box office mojo. But it was a movie directed by John Hersfeld, who had directed a movie in 1983 called Two of a Kind, which was the other movie starring John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John where they meet God. And what? they're like the last two people on earth. It, that's basically the premise. There's a big, 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 big... I mean, 23 million, so not that big, but a big critical flop. And also, you know, 23 million, 1983 isn't the worst, but I think because of Greece, people were expecting it to be huge. I believe Gene Hackman's in it. He might actually play God. I'll, oh my I'll, God! Maybe you can fact check that for us, Connor. Anyway, uh, yeah, if you want to just pull up just the plot of Two of a Kind because it is insane enough. Anyway, John Hirschfeld directs it. It it goes bad.
2: Directs that two and of also a kind, two days and also but
0: two days thirteen years later. So okay. when he directed Two Days, it was like, oh, who's this new voice? But actually, he had directed another movie thirteen years ago. Right. So it's kind of fascinating, actually. So
1: Oliver Reed is in it. Okay. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that give was, us the quick little it, wasn't
0: it? log line there. Yeah. So. Two of a kind.
1: John Travolta. <laughs> this when feels like a God, tangent, but I love it. When God uh, decides to destroy Earth, yes. four angels right. aim to redeem mankind through a young man and woman Classic. with troubles of their
0: own. And that, that was the follow up to Greece. Of them being, you know, as the like hot whatever couple. Anyway, so that's John Hurstfeld. So whatever, two days in the valley. It's a crime caper, right? It's it's a few different stories. Danny Aiello has a main role in it, and Charlize is a femme fatale-ish character, and she's naked in it. And of course, yeah. Yeah, it's very like young actress. And I remember, I, I I think the biggest thing about Two Days in the Valley was her. I think people were just like, "Who is this person?" Like. Who is this Charlize Theron, right? Like, literally. Right. Like, who
2: is this gazelle of a yeah. person that just tromped in here naked and, and, took, and stole like, the show?
1: If, if I yeah. recall, though, that sort of feels like that was like a, a lot of her early career was like, who's this well, I was gonna, person that we can get Yes, to that's
2: true. Of. And I was I mean, going
1: to ask, I mean, when did we
0: all, when was our, our first Charlize?
2: That's a great question. Mine was Celebrity, very oh. much like that. Celebrity, 1998. 1990- yeah, eight. eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I... We have
0: weirdly talked about that movie before on this podcast.
2: I know, in the Winona episode, right? <laughs> which I forgot she was even attached to That's that right. at all. Yes, yes. But um, what all, the, literally the only thing I remember about Celebrity besides Kenneth Brown's terrible Woody Allen <laughs> impersonation, which I know you've talked about, but still. It, is. it should be said.
0: There should be a podcast <laughs> devoted to just talking about
1: that I think in the back channel, this is secretly the Celebrity.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: Every episode. But,
2: but literally the only other thing I remember about that movie was... I was like, "Who is that person?" And that's the part she, she is,
0: plays, right? She plays like a stunning. Movie she
2: plays. Star, right? She plays a stunning movie star, and I remember thinking that person is too beautiful to be possible. And I, as a young, shortish, dark-haired <laughs> person, was like secretly dedicated to hating her sure. forever. Of course, for no good goddamn well, reason. I mean, no, no reason. No reason because she's. We have learned that she's awesome. Yes. Well, but I that's... didn't know at the time because all I knew at the time was celebrity beautiful woman that is just too impossible to even be real.
0: And it's okay. So 1998 might be the year for this because the movie that I fell in love with her on. And I think I can probably say that to a degree because this is basically true. Mighty Joe Young it's true. I love that movie. I really did. I would have been how old? I would have been eleven or something. So I don't know. Didn't,
1: you didn't. You didn't see.
0: When did you see Devil's Advocate? Well, but I was young, right? So I didn't see Devil's Advocate. I remember. I distinctly remember. I swear. I distinctly remember my mom, who's been on this podcast, Julie Mecca. What's up, Julie? I remember her turning it off because it was on on Holy Saturday during Easter on some so cable cool. channel. Well and it was on and my mom was mad and it's not even like that's not even like a brand my mom's not like that type of like oh i can't believe you know you know she's very progressive and whatever with that stuff but i just remember it did bother her that the devil's advocate was on you know whatever nbc on Holy Saturday, and she like turned it off. I
2: wow. cannot even imagine the NBC network broadcast version of that movie.
0: Yeah, like a troll, like an NBC trolling of Easter. Like we're gonna put on Del. Well, no,
2: God's but just think about because even, they would have it the censors. Like, yes. what do they? Yeah. It, they can't show a decent amount of that. It's like,
0: <laughs> not right. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> the in that movie. Thirty
1: minutes long.
2: I think that that was the era where they were still like swapping in not the swear for the swear. Like, right. Dubbing I, it out, I, yeah, yeah, like the dubbing out, yeah. like you, you know. Yeah. Like
0: Yeah, that would there would be a lot of stuff in that movie that went out. But Mighty Joe Young um was it made fifty million dollars, which you would think was okay. Yeah. But but I was looking it up in kind of it was a Disney movie. Um and it cost ninety. It cost ninety million dollars. you know what? All went all went to Charlie's, no I'm kidding. And obviously (laughs) Mighty Joe was the the big one. And it was directed by Ron Underwood who then gave us, and I feel bad, he also directed The Adventures of Pluto Nash, which is like one of the most right. famous fops ever. Oh my God. That like basically was the end kind of of the Eddie Murphy movie star. Not really. He had a couple other shots, but that was kind of the, all right, we're done. It
2: wasn't him. the nail in the coffin, but it was definitely opening the, the casket nail. lid. Yes, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so... Um, um and Ron, and it's funny cuz Ron Underwood actually directed a movie in, in the mid early mid 90s that I kind of love called Hearts and Souls. Heart and Souls was it with I Robert Downey Jr. Thing. Um oh, so he's like yeah. a studio guy. It's kind of a shame he kind of, you know, but anyway, Muddy Joe Young, I really liked and I remember a big part of the, why I liked it. I liked Bill Paxton from Titanic cuz that was that time and sure. I just remember being like who is this per-? like you're saying. <laughs> But I was, you know, in, you know, I was a young man and I just was like, who is this angel on yeah. the screen? Like talking <laughs> to this gorilla, like this m- m- huge it's, ape. It's Joe basically
2: young. like the first time that, you know, a young heterosexual woman will see Brad Pitt like wandering through.
0: 100%, I was going to say that. Yes. It's
2: like, yeah, where he just like traipses in and you're like, oh, like well, somehow an my life has changed yeah. forever. I was, you're like,
1: yeah. I feel different like yeah. it's yeah what's yeah, happening a th- yeah a, th- a thousand percent Connor yeah. when did you see Charlize well now that you're saying it I, I feel like I because I'm, I'm looking at the, the you know the track record and there was Devil's Advocate right which now that I'm looking at it is the first thing that she made that like I remember watching but like right, sure I don't think I saw that first you couldn't have. Right, because no, no, what, I'm, what I'm remembering now, and we've talked about it briefly before on, on the pod, is I feel like I saw Devil's Advocate much later, like a few years later, on like HBO, also with Sweet November. So I just had this impression that I'm like... You, Connor, this so I don't know that? if you
0: know Connor loves Sweet November,
1: I, which like, is a bad it, movie. That's adorable, it's, it's though. Movie. It's not good.
0: <laughs> And we'll we'll get it. Yeah, you don't even have to say I'm that. I'm not going to give you any autumn.
2: shame it's, for that. It's, that means it's... No, 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 but, oh, I, but we have nice. a
0: thing, because and I've, I talked yeah. about this on the Winona yeah. pod. He loves Sweet November. I love Autumn in New York. And, and
2: they're, they're basically the same movie, the right? Same. They're very exactly.
0: similar yeah. movies.
2: Is it both the times the dude who dies? Or no, no it, Or is it the lady? Or both, both, both times it's the lady? It's ladies. Of movie cancer. Of oh, movie cancer.
0: It's
1: movie
2: It's like the Camille, like, there's some blood. But I, but
1: it was one of those yeah. things that I like. I think I have an attachment to Sweet November because of Devil's Advocate. Like it's the like, polar opposite, That's so of, funny. and it's like, who is this angel? Oh my God! All these terrible things are happening to her, and then you know she's. I mean, she's like you know the manic pixie dream girl in Sweet November. Yeah. But you know, it, yeah. her it's her whole
0: thing. Do you remember like, that movie? The whole thing is she chooses. It's like a month. She yeah, chooses to change
1: she's a man's of, life. Yeah, it's she's like dying of movie cancer. Oh stuff. my
2: god. That is yeah. maybe the most manic pixie is, dream girl yeah, description. Like, like even more than the one yeah. it was named for. You Elizabeth, know what I mean? Town. yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, Elizabeth Town. Probably of course.
0: more than Elizabeth Town. a movie that I, I love. <laughs> I love it. It is what it is. Okay, I'm that not gonna another lie. Another day. I'm not gonna just sit here and not. I think the world where
1: I say I like Sweet November. I think you're okay. That's fine. That's fine. We're we're not um, hating here. But so what are you, have you have saying, a, Sweet November? Then yeah, I I mean that was I think the mo- that wasn't the because I, I saw Mighty Joe Young, but I think that, like the double deuce of me watching. Devil's Advocate in Sweet November like one night on HBO I was like oh I that, think I love her
2: that is like, quite right. a double yeah. a double feature too yeah. because it has like the darkest like yeah. like seediest representation in a studio kind of way yeah, of sure. life and then there's like oh Grace. you can be saved Man, you know
1: whatever, you're a, a
0: and both, now. and obviously like, there's, I both know, sides like, of Keanu too kind of right. like where he's changed and you know what have you yeah, yeah. they're totally. both um, yeah, Keanu and Charlie. Yeah, yeah that's true you, you just love that parent but so My other one, and this will segue into our first movie, Mm -hmm. is the Arts. I so I so I saw the Arts, and I don't know what my impetus for it was because I would have been young, but I was getting into movies, and for whatever reason, I must have seen like a DVD trailer for the Arts or something. Because it would have been before I like knew James Gray or knew it, you know, you know, that movie is so seeped in old 70s studio pictures. I would not have known any of those when I saw uh, The Yards or uh, however I knew about it. But I rented it. I remember like, and this is the thing, me and my mom talked about this. My mom uh, was very supportive in terms of like if I wanted to watch a movie that maybe it was a little bit too old for me or whatever it was. And I remember we rented The Yards and I think I just watched it like on a Friday night. And I loved it. Like at that age I was oh it was like oh one or something when it came out in two thousand. Didn't really perform, but had had a following that came with it um because of James Gray and he made Little Odessa in the early nineties, which similarly kind of it didn't 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 make a huge splash, but who those who liked it really liked it. And then it took him eight years to make another one, and then he made the yards, and then I think it was a that was a Miramax thing, like Weinstein, right? Weinstein, it was the Miramax. Like, didn't let him, like the cut. It was a cut thing. I think, like Weinstein ended up dumping it because Gray fought for his cut. It was um, something. It was something like that. And, and that the, tracks. Yeah, and it got dumped. And it's a shame because I I do love that movie. And uh, what do you think about that movie?
2: Well, I just watched it yesterday, so it's super fresh in my mind. Uh, so please, okay. So I had, this was not on my radar. I had never heard of this movie. So I was, I think I was not set up for what it was. Right. I thought I was going to see one of those like early career dumb things. Yeah. You know, and it was definitely not one of those early career dumb things. I thought it was going to be in the vein of some sort of like crappy thriller that was going to be fun, but like bad fun. And then I was not prepared for (laughs) a, um... A sort of serious treatment of corruption around the commuter rail system in New York. Is, who knew? Starring yeah. a very baby faced Mark Wahlberg, who was barely off of those you, underwear commercials. It's and Joaquin like show. It's like yeah, a, it, you know it's like it wanted to be a right. David yeah, I was Simon. Show. I saw but,
0: face you was that, like, but you say that. Don't us. you bring David?
2: Was, I, here was here is my feeling about it. It felt like it really wanted to take on that mantle. It had all of the yeah. right intentions, and it definitely had that seventies look. It looked like oh my gosh. It looked like it looked like Francis Ford Coppola directing on the waterfront. Yeah, in nineteen seventy-seven is what the look was. The,
0: the person I think about when I watch that movie, and I've re I've, I've rewatched it a few times, I, I really do like the movie. I, I, I basically really like James Gray, uh, the filmmaker. I think Two Lovers is basically a masterpiece, right? So I, I like a lot of what he's done. I didn't love Lost City of Z, which we've talked about uh, uh, off mic, me and Connor. But um, anyway, yeah, the lighting is the thing. It's, mm-hmm. it, it is so Gordon Willis. It is so... 70s, it is yes. so... I think of Sidney Lumet, right? Because you run into that New York thing, right? Yeah. I think of like Night Falls on Manhattan, I think of q and I think of Prince of the City, uh, in terms of like, and and weirdly, all those movies are not 70s movies, those are all after the 70s. But right, but
2: it takes that aesthetic exactly. and just hugs it with both arms.
0: And to your point, you're right, I do think there is a, um, what's the word, there is a wanting that plays in the movie that cannot be ignored. Yeah, no the word
2: is knockoff. It feels right, a little knockoff, knock the thing it was... It feels like a knockoff of the clear inspirations. Right. For what it's worth, I tend to like serious treatises, treatises yeah. on, you know, on you know um, corruption at a citywide scale, like, you know, entrenched, systematic corruption. I totally love that. But I feel like the vocabulary wasn't quite there. Right. And... I also think it was super interesting to watch it through a Charlie's lens because I was yes. watching this specifically to watch what was she up to in 2000, you know? She
0: She's got dark
2: hair. She's got dark hair and they tried to give her this like somewhere like it came off half forever no, not forever 21, the other one, um Hot Topic. It came off like hat half Hot Topic goth. Yeah, it's a bad half like job, insecure I think half insecure queens girl which is what she was supposed to be i will say yeah. that it represented sunnyside queens great like it really had a good feel of like this these are not people are of means people. Yeah. yeah like it felt good that way it felt authentic that way she made no attempt at any kind of accent which i was like good for you you know yeah, because always, everyone else had kind of like a Queensish. Yeah. i always kind, appreciate
0: when yeah. actors like know thyself yes like, if it would have been bad if you can't do it
2: if you can't do it, don't you're do Tom it. If you're Tom
0: Cruise and you're in Valkyrie, then just talk like Tom Cruise. Yeah. And he does. And Last right too. Like, just come on, bro.
2: Yeah, no, no. You she did, she made a smart choice not to do that. But like watching all of that makeup just slathered on her face yeah. felt like a choice that happened outside of her purview. And I will also say that it's like, I have this sort of building crackpot theory about Charlie's Theron's career that started... Before this, but this was sort of emblematic because there she is in this movie. Or we can spoiler this, yes, right? Yes, this was yes, two thousand. Yes, yes, yes. So she's in this movie in
0: a it all happens half, in the house no, in, in
2: the in a half thankless role, not like half thankless. Yeah. They have a weird plot where she has a dalliance with her cousin yeah, Mark Wahlberg. It gets like Shakespearean. So she has a she's in love with her cousin Mark Wahlberg, and they messed around when they were fifteen. But Classic. and they have like burning looks. He's like sort of really looking at her, and then right. she's in love with Joaquin, and then she finds out that Joaquin killed somebody and lied about it and was trying to pin it on her cousin. Right. That's what happened because I just watched it. It's going to leave my brain you're tomorrow so, but here I so am. You're so clear. I love it. And then, and so she's like, I can't be with you anymore and then he proceeds to just manhandle her. Yeah. He's not, she, he, can, she can he, fucking he, deck him. I'm he, sorry. He kills her, right? He totally kills her. It, the stare thing. They struggle. Kind of a cool scene, though. It was kind of a cool scene. I thought... I was like, oh, God, she's going to die. I can see them yeah. setting her up to die. But I did not expect her to flip accidentally over Crazy. the balcony. Kind of well done. Over the banister of this it's tall home. like, a home. small movie. Yeah. It was like... And yeah. then there she was, boom, dead. I was like, what was precisely the point of this character
0: yes well that's exactly and there
2: what wasn't was much of one yes it, the, is, the point was the
0: biggest thing with problem with the movie she
2: was a turning she was a turning point she existed as a reason for Mark Wahlberg to yes. turn states yes because he wasn't snitching on nobody even though he was the one who was going to be in trouble until she dies and he's like fuck all you people I'm going to do this well
0: and doesn't it make you not to get but doesn't it make you appreciate the Eva Marie Saint character from On the Waterfront even more right when you think about like yeah. how yeah like exactly yeah she exists only for men right only for the motivations of men which is such a common thing in movies of course but when you think, the first movie I would imagine you would think of if you watch the arts, other than these 70s movies, in terms of plot, is On the Waterfront, because that is what, I mean,
2: it Quite is reminiscent. basically a yeah. lot
0: like that movie. And, you know, it's a masterpiece on the waterfront and, and what have you. And so it when I was rereading the plot and kind of just preparing, that's all I could think about. It was just like, oh, I remember her role being kind of wasted in, in that way that you're talking about. Yeah. And then I just kept thinking about, how what a miracle performance even Marie Saint is in On the Waterfront because it's just not that. And then no, you know, she's that's very active. also to Bud Schulberg who wrote that script and what have you. But but mostly to even Marie Saint and the way she does that performance. And to your point with Charlize, I think she must have just not had a lot of control over. Oh, w- I'm positive the, the she did I'm
2: yeah. positive she did, and she did her part for what it's worth. She acted the shit out of that like 100%. like burning love. For like this, this deep love for her cousin, but like she also was like very believably in love with Joaquin Phoenix, which is not easy necessarily. I <laughs> yeah. find him compelling He's as a a, as an actor, but a super repulsive dude. Yeah, strange guy. And so, so it was not that she was doing a bad job at all. It's just that it was an underwritten part, and she's young, and she, though she's been a lead or co lead in a few of these movies now, it's not like that's going to give her agency, especially 100%. not at Miramax in two thousand. But to this theory is that this is the beginning of a series of films, or part of a series of films where she is there to kind of be manhandled, abused, pawed at. Like, there's this thing that I've seen in probably three or four of her earlier movies, where the guy just kind of puts their hand right on her clavicle, and it just goes down. It's just like, ugh! Like... And we're going to pivot to Trapped, I'm sure. Yeah, well, that's, but like, I just but literally like, thought of Trapped. But, like, that's... that's another one where it gets even worse. But this, you could see the seeds here where they've put all this, like, paint on her to make her, like, to sort of ugly her up a little yeah. bit to make her look cheaper than the gorgeous gazelle that she is. Mm-hmm. And, like, and and then she's just there to kind of be fought over. And then, like, and then Joaquin is just, like, all over her. He's on the stairs, these red carpeted stairs just on top of her. And she lays back looks at the ceiling and her face just goes dead. And it is the saddest thing that I saw in that whole movie of yeah. sad things, yeah. including Ellen Burstyn getting a heart attack because she's sad for her son. It's a like, very it's...
0: morose movie. Yes. James Conn, <laughs> I think is great in it. I'll say James Conn
2: is great. He's great in that movie. Surprisingly good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he's a good actor, but like, no, but he didn't have to work at that. <laughs> 100%. No,
0: no, no. Totally <laughs> he, did, right. he
2: could have phoned that it, and he didn't.
0: And I will, I will say that I do think Grey did it. Better seven years later with those two lead actors, Wahlberg and Phoenix in *We Own the Night*, which is a very, I think, a very good movie. I,
2: Less critically I, well received than this one, but yes. Yes, still. yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. But I think as a, I used to, I used to love say that this movie was my favorite of his movies. And mm-hmm. then as I've gotten older and I've rewatched some of them and whatnot, I really think *We Own the Night* is is distilled. Like when you talk about you know uh, knocking off the '70s, I think *We Own the Night* almost breaks through that and gets its own thing going. And then The Immigrant almost to another degree, uh, which came out after that, and has Joaquin, but not Mark Wahlberg. So trapped.
1: Okay. <laughs> I do want to... We're just, in like, it. Please. Really quick. So you, you, you made your comment about her entering this little phase and the next movies that come after this are all literally her existing in these movies to just be there and like. <laughs> Because she's in... <sighs> so she does Legend, Legend of, of Bagger Vance. Oh.
2: Right. Man, that movie is I mean, a movie. I don't
1: want to dive into that movie. Robert it's, Redford. There are the whole slew of things. That, well,
0: one thing about that movie. That's a weird movie where it's three lead performances and they're all bad. That's so rare. Yeah. It is true. <laughs> Everybody's bad. And they're all great actors. Yeah. And they're all great they're actors. All, they really Matt are. Matt Damon, Will Smith, Will Smith yeah. Charlize. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it, it, it is a movie. Well, honestly, I, if I were you, listener... You should watch it. One, the it, one listener. Because it's yeah. It's so crazy. Like Robert Redford makes a movie. Great director. He's a great director. He right? legitimately made, is. He has made great movies. Yeah. And he makes this movie. Studios like, here's money. Take all the money. We're gonna win Oscars. Like, we got Will, he's crushing. Matt, hot off of an Oscar. Talented Mr. Ripley getting nominated. Ba ba ba. Charlie's similar, if a little less similar. She's on her way and it none of it works and it is like just weird it's weird it, that
1: so rarely happens I, well I was yeah. going to say you can anyway. to, to, to both those points you can see her kind of taking these movies and uh, you know who knows if it's her agent or whatever, whatever it was. sure 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 but she does Legend of Vance, and you can she exists to do nothing in that movie right, right? Mm-hmm. And, well to support yeah, the, yeah, the, the man, right? yeah. but you can but you can feel that to your point, like, ooh, this is going to be Oscars. It's going to be fucking Titanic. Like, yeah. Let's do it, right? And then she does Men of Honor. Similar. Very similar. And similarly, just a movie where all three lead performances. Those are
0: movies popular. came out one week betwixt. Really? Oh, really? Yes. Oh, my God. November
2: so 3rd, just, Bagger she V. She everywhere.
0: And then November ten, M MOH. Because she does have
1: the same bad Southern accent in both of them. So maybe she was just. Robert De Nier's more...
0: performance in Men of Honor is uh, Subpar. It's a
1: thing.
2: It's certain, he's making choices. For it's sure.
0: subpar Billy Sunday. And they're, and they're married in that movie. Charlize is married oh, yeah, to Robert Gross De
2: Niro. God damn you. God gross. damn you people. Man, talk about men of like, honor
0: More like men of dishonor. Oh you know, my land. God. Just but you're right. Mm-hmm. And then Sweet November, similar thing, literally. 15 minutes.
2: <laughs> also with Robert De Niro.
0: Also with Bobby D. I kind of like 15 minutes. I I feel bad about it. But I like Ed Burns. We have a whole Ed Burns thing. We've yeah, talked about like him before. <laughs> I like Eddie B. He's a Queens we guy. We should do an Ed Burns episode that was when that's cool because this is the Ed Burns moment. Yeah,
2: they put him in 15 minutes. Yeah.
0: they're like Eddie, let's do this. Yeah, he, he was, was real like,
2: hot for a minute. And yeah. he was
0: like, and he because he was in was Private
2: like, Ryan,
0: he had that little mm-hmm. supporting role. Not li- bro, no, not little at like all. Third built, he's right? third billed. He's right? third He's in the whole movie. That's Eddie true. B is in that whole movie, same Private Ryan. And then they gave him the shot, and oh, he I'm and from he Oakley. and he decided to direct. I think I think his movies are. I think he's a pretty good writer director. Anyway, you're right.
1: You're 100% right. Ed, if you're listening, I'm sorry.
0: And then, uh, yeah, Ed, big listener, uh, Ed. And then Curse of the Jade Scorpion. So she did make two Woody oh, movies.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
0: relatively small roles. I do yeah. think she has a fairly significant role in the Curse of the Jade Scorpion, if I recall. And then Trapped. Okay. Louise Mandoki. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but established director. Okay made movies that I like, okay? White Palace with Susan strand and James Spader. It's a Julie Mecca special. She loves that movie. I've seen it. I like it. It's like a little trashy 1990 thriller. Okay. When a Man Loves a Woman, he directs. Meg Ryan, Annie Garcia, alcoholism movie.
2: Yeah, she's the alcoholic, she's right? The I alcoholic. remember that one. But it's
0: also about enabling, right? He's an enabler. Right. I think underrated. I think she's really good in it.
2: It was. I remember liking it. It I did was okay. Yeah.
0: But I think famously, or not famously, but... As I recall, it was like her Oscar push, and and um, and you know I think people didn't take well to that. Maybe didn't she didn't get her Oscar? I don't know that it was re- re- reviewed amazingly at the time. And then the point is, he what happened to this guy? Right? I mean, these movies are okay. Where he goes on, and then in 2002, he makes a movie called Trapped. This movie, now, okay, this movie's mean. And that's my that's the word I keep using. we were, before the podcast. We we're talking about this is a mean, mean movie. I did not like it, and it's not not like not like did not like like the last face where I'm like oh, I didn't like it, but I see the passion and I feel bad. I do not feel bad about hating on trap. This movie, I hated it. it no, like, it it, it sets me... it
2: says several like movements back a ways. Ugh. It's it is a. It is a wrong movie.
0: Yes, that's the word. Thank it's you. It's wrong. That's the better word. I thank you. Yes, wrong. That's the word. You're watching you're like, it's not just bad. You're like, I don't like this space.
2: <laughs> I'd rather like, be elsewhere. I don't like
0: being here. <laughs> it, you know, and the premise, if we want to do it, it's a we kidnapping should. thriller. Okay. It's Kevin Bacon. He's doing his bad guy thing. We love Kevin. I love Kevin Bacon.
2: Oh, yeah. Kevin yeah. Bacon, very he game actor. He plays sure. a
0: great bad guy. He's great in River Wild as a bad guy, right? He can do it really well. And he's great at playing complex, you know, quote-unquote villains. The Woodsman, obviously, was a very crazy, you know, not a crazy, but a very um, uh, bold turn. You know, he basically plays a pedophile in that movie. So he can do anything. He you can know, obviously play a lead uh, hero. He's the kidnapper in this movie. He's got a whole system, right? It's, it's Kevin Bacon... Courtney Love, his wife, Pruitt Taylor-Vince, who is like his cousin or something like that. I
2: thought All it was right. his brother. But brother, yeah, maybe brother-cousin. Some brother, sort cousin, of relation. Yeah.
0: They have this whole thing where they, Pruitt Taylor-Vince, who if you don't know who that is, Pruitt Taylor-Vince is, he's got, he's the guy from, if you saw Identity with John Cusack. Can
2: I say, if they're listening to this podcast, they probably, they probably, they probably so? yes, Pruitt Taylor-Vince is the like heavy. Yeah. I mean. Oh, he's, heavy.
0: He's so good.
1: Yeah. Life. I like that movie.
0: That's James <laughs> Mangold, Jimmy Mangold. We love James yeah. Mangold. This we all love James, James Mangold. Mangold. Yes, podcast.
1: We correct. Love so I, I have not seen this movie. But hang on. So let me just yeah, say no, no, this.
0: Yeah. So anyway, yes, you're probably right, Katie. Thank you. So other events. Okay. So the and, whole thing is gone.
2: and like six year old Dakota Fanning. Crushing. Holdings, crushing it. Crushing. In the thick of like her, the body of work where you're like, oh, this is the best child actor in a generation. Right? And their right. scenes,
0: we were talking about this over email before, the Pruitt Taylor-Vince Dakota scenes are the only scenes. The that are best ones. The only good ones. The, the good movie ones. is just about a guy who kidnaps this girl and there's like another plot happening, but we're, we're staying in the room with them. It, I'm Fascinating. Watching
1: it. I'm watching it. For sure. What's up? No, no, no. I, well, so I wanted to ask you guys. I've not seen this movie. Sure. How They're did, trapped. It's is, a trapped situation. Right. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. How does it compare to the other Dakota Fanning Gets Kidnapped movie,
2: Man, Man on, on Fire? Fire
1: is pretty, Man on
2: Fire is, is a, is a, lo- is a better movie.
1: I love Man on Fire, but I just, I love that- like, Within a year of each other. Of, yeah, two Man, years. Man on, on Fire, another,
2: the better movie, kidnap. but I will tell you, she put in the work in this movie because totally. the whole, here's the super quick yeah, version, it. okay? So the system is that Kevin Bacon kidnaps a kid and then tell, and then grabs the mom and is like you have 24 hours to get a bunch of money because he only targets rich people and if and every half hour I call my cousin Who's got yeah. the kid, and if everything's cool and you haven't messed with me and everything's fine, then she stays alive or he stays alive. Right. And then you get the money, you make an excuse for it, and then we take the money, and then you we put the kid in a playground or something, and then you get your kid back. If you mess with me, your kid dies. I, I, I tell my cousin to kill your kid. You don't know where he is, and that's it.
0: And while meanwhile, Courtney Love...
2: And corny love like wrangles the, the husband, dads or, or whatever. The dad, yeah, yeah, they the husband or the dad. Yeah, she yeah. wrangles the dads. Yeah. I guess. Um <laughs> yeah, for what true. it's worth, I guess she it's is true. a hot mess. Yeah, like this, how how she is helping in this plot, I have no fucking idea. Well, there's a
0: million things like this. look, yeah, but but, yeah, anyway. but
2: the first the complication ostensibly is that Kevin Bacon messes up and doesn't realize that Dakota Fanning is severely asthmatic. Classic. And they grab her with no medicine, no Classic. puffer, no nothing. I know. And so. Suddenly they're like, yeah. I mean, we've seen this in a well. Like, the asthma the pan-
0: thing is classic.
2: Oh, sure, Panic Room and a million well, others. Oh, on, so
0: Panic Room, which also came out 0 two. No, right? But asthma, she was supposed
2: baby. to
1: be diabetic. No, no, no. She was supposed to be diabetic. They changed it to asthma because Panic Room came
2: out first. Which with diabetes, right? That's right. It was diabetes Whoa. with Christy with, with Tomboy Kristen See, Stewart.
0: We, we, we need to fact check on all these episodes. Yeah, no,
2: that's great because I was totally it. thinking it was asthma, but it's absolutely nuggets. diabetes. You're right. Well wow. done.
0: So it was so. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. So it was diabetes? In Panic Room.
1: It's diabetes. Oh, in Panic Room it's diabetes. It was, it was originally going
0: to be diabetes. ICICS, I see, I see. But then Panic room came That's right. It's, insulin is the whole thing. About
2: and they her. had to make her severely asthmatic. And they have this one scene that is legitimately maybe one of the best scenes in the whole movie. Where Prue Taylor-Vince is like, we gotta go. And he puts a blanket on Dakota Fanning and you see the dust, like good job cinematographer, and props, you yeah. know, and props the and prop. the and the dust just flies off this blanket before that's it goes best, on her. That's the
0: best scene in the movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure.
2: So that's the situation. And the thinking behind this is that they've got this system and it's all worked out, but what we learn is that actually this time, it's, it's personal. personal. That's exactly what it because is. Because Kevin Personal. Bacon and Courtney Love had a daughter who died at six, and they blame the husband. Who's you know, the, the father. Yes, played by Stuart Townsend.
0: Yeah, so. Yeah.
2: Yeah, which I, we will get into.
0: Yeah, well, this is the beginning of the Stuart Townsend Charlize period. Right, because she. They're together. Later well, so no. More, they,
2: romantically start, and artistically. They start,
0: they start dating, I think, in 01 ish.
2: I thought they met They or, met on this movie, though.
0: Oh, did they?
2: That's what Wikipedia said. So we maybe be, they filmed in
0: 01. Okay, so, all right, around now.
2: Yeah, around this time.
0: We'll say around now, early aughts. They meet. And this is the beginning of a kind of a, a, a pretty... They made stuff together. Like, they did. More than just a you know. So they make this, okay. And then they make... Um, well, they make Battle a, in Seattle. Well, five years later, yeah, he yeah. directs Battle in Seattle, which is kind of like a crashy movie where it's like... Right. Um, I remember that. It's set in Seattle. And it is, uh, you know, cops, protesters, other people. Um, and it's it's the protest is, maybe you can help me, counter. It's the, in 1999 in Seattle. The WTO? Thank you. Yes, that's what it is. I I'm think. older
2: than you, so I might actually remember that is it what it is. from life. <laughs> yes, I think that is what it
0: is. And it's about, it's a crash version of that event. Right. And Charlize is pregnant in it, and a very terrible thing happens to her in the movie. And I it, it's kind of a semi-spoiler, but anyway, I remember actually liking Battle in Seattle. I saw it many, many years ago, and it's not one of our B sides, so I did not rewatch it for this podcast, but Stuart Townsend did direct it, so we should bring it up. That was in 07. But they were also in a movie in 04, the movie we brought up before that we were not able to watch before this podcast because it's weirdly unavailable. Head in the clouds.
2: Which... With my Lady Crush Penelope Cruz, right. my forever Lady Crush, Penelope Cruz. I They're all are. looking great together in the World War II Yeah, times? it's like a world
0: yeah, it's like a World War Twoy epic y movie that
2: And there's maybe a threesome, I can't tell. Yeah, well it's I think that's <laughs> yeah.
0: From what I gather, that's that's like a central part of the movie is this kind of, you know, love triangle thing. And like I said before, if I do get a chance, I do want to try to track it down and watch it. I am just curious about it because it was just a huge money was spent, and then the movie didn't go anywhere, right? Which is a yeah, shame. Like anywhere, but it, yeah. It, it, to my point, it made nothing, and it, it disappeared in the thin air. Um, I think and it then, made
1: nothing because it co-starred Stewart. Well,
0: so. and this is the thing, yeah, Stu Townsend. Which, yeah, Stu never. We should should we we should tell the Lord of the Rings story if you no, know, if people don't know it. He was gonna be he was gonna be in Aragon,
2: Aragorn
1: in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And,
2: and they shot They started yeah. shooting
1: with him and then basically word officially is that yeah. he Peter Jackson. decided he was too young. Right. Um and, and
2: But it, maybe really he wasn't enough of a rugged enough yeah, yeah, warrior. Well, like we were saying, I
0: mean before watch the video on that. It's like look who else would it be?
2: You know, for could, my money, to have done it no. it's, for for it's, my for my money, Peter Jackson met Viggo Mortensen in a parking lot and was yes. like, "Oh, you? I, mean, I must have you. I
1: made mean, a horrible mistake." Hundred <laughs> percent. It's 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 almost as happy an accident as like the Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine in X Men. It's like one of those oh
0: the Dew Gray thing yeah. we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dew Gray. You know this, right? Do you know this? A, uh, we... no. So Dew Gray, Scott. Scott, right? Was. As opposed to Dugray Johnson. You know, right. all the different Dugrays. Dugray Scott um, was the bad guy in Mission Impossible 2. Oh, right. And we, we do... I will say, Connor, Dan, and the Greys do a lot of talking about Mission Impossible. I will find Quite a one
1: bit. day to make a whole episode of this podcast right. solely <laughs> about the Mission
0: Impossible. And MI2, Grey is um, Sean Ambrose, the bad guy. And I
2: think he's pretty great in it.
0: And he got hurt. He got hurt when they were filming. Mm. And they had to... Postpone in film and da 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 da.
2: Mission Impossible is always fucking with other people's for movies real, all real. the time.
0: And so <laughs> and so uh, he they went away from him. He was gonna play Logan. He was gonna play Wolverine. And they found Hugh. Hugh like sent in a tape. I think he had he had sent in a tape or something. And he became and you know he and we did a Hugh episode. Hugh, like was a prepackaged movie star. Like he became Wolverine, and then the next year he was in three movies that were starring. We're Jack like, Lester oh, done. State.
2: We're done here. He's he's right. right? And, yeah, and sure. now it's
0: twenty eighteen. <laughs> about to be twenty nineteen, and my man is opening movies like The Greatest Showman and making buckets of money <laughs> because people like Dan Mecca love movies like The Greatest Showman. <laughs> Which
1: is true. This episode of the podcast. Yeah,
0: talk I'll talk about, about. great show forever. <laughs> but anyway, so, but point is, yeah, Stuart Townsend never really became what maybe he could have been. I, he He's in a movie called About Adam a couple years before Trapped that I think is charming. He's Adam and it's like this, it's like a, you know, it's a sex comedy type of a movie uh, Kate Hudson's in it, a bunch of other people. He's very charming in that movie, but it just never happens.
2: Is this how your brain works all the time? Yes. We are you so ran, far from you, trapped you, at Charlie's. <laughs> but this is why I this was to do this podcast. No, it's beautiful thing. We're got like, to head in the clouds. We already made it to the I know. The clouds. Yeah, we're, but, we're fine. Fine. but 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 listen, yeah, listen, we have we have not addressed the real like importance of trapped in the Charlie's Theron. Canon. Yeah, you guys keep
0: bring us back to Charlies. Please. please. Yes.
2: Because yes. the reason for the season here. Yeah. Because here's this movie all where right, she right. here's the there here's this movie where she is a victim from jump. Like it is four uh. minutes into this movie. We have seen exactly one stunt shot of Stuart Townsend flying a plane. And oh, you yeah, know, right. and she brings Dakota, Dakota Fanning in and is like, oh, go get the laundry or whatever. And Kevin Bacon is literally there then. And that, For what it's worth, if I did not know I was walking into a shit pile of a movie, which I already knew, I would have been like, whoa, like, good job, guys. It's like way to just jump start this movie. And he's like, guess what? I'm all business, babe. Like you do, you do your part, I do my part, and you're gonna see your kid in 24 hours, easy peasy. And then she has to tell him about the asthma. But in the meantime, she pulls a gun on him like a badass, and then he takes it away from her like a bitch. Like he takes it away from her after he says, like, you know, you can keep this if you want. I have all the power because I have your daughter and you don't. So, fine. And then he proceeds to take it away from her, take it and wear it in his belt. And several times in the movie, the only way that those two stay in the room together is because he has her gun on her. So she's got this moment where she just crumbles in the kitchen, lets him have the gun, is like hunched over by the dishwasher, just like, like as a distraught mother would do, but it's just such such a powerless position. And you watch her through this whole thing. They have this really horrible, really bad, wrong sex scene Ugh. because Kevin Bacon abandons the plan. I'll never be
0: able to unsee it. It's, Listen, it's just...
2: this movie's all over the place because the theoretically, he's a great kidnapper because he's all business and they have this system. It's just. Nope no problem. It's just just money, right? But then immediately he exposes his face to the neighbor later. He yeah, yeah. has wine, he gets which can mess you up all kinds of ways. You can get sleepy. He's supposed to be up and like calling this dude every half hour and he's like prancing around with wine and then he like and then he's like takes the girl into the bedroom and you learn that this is like something he does all the time. He's got this fetish. Like that's not all business. That's a totally different movie. That's a different movie. And you've made half of one and half of the other. And she puts a doctor's scalpel. He's an anesthesiologist. He would not have a scalpel in a doctor's bag, but here we are.
0: But she was a nurse. She was a nurse. Okay.
2: But, but although. As someone who loves trapped. I mean, I carry a
0: scalpel in my bag. Oh, that's true. Connor's a big scalpel guy.
2: Like I'm gonna put a pin on the career thing, but like, and then she takes the scalpel, hides it between her butt cheeks, Ugh. and then, and then threatens in a in a ballsy move, literally, like threatens to cut his his you and know his, his balls off. off. Yeah. Well, she's, she's like, whatever. well, she, she whatever she's gonna she could do it all. She could do it all. Sure. Doesn't you know? And then like holds it there while he calls Taylor Vince, and like this movie does not get give this man any credit at all because he's like, you know, she can put a gun in his face and he's like, that's cool, but she. Threatens to nick his balls, and he's like, "I'll, oh, I'll, I'll do anything." Yeah, yeah. you know,
0: I did kind of like that as a like showing the weakness of the Kevin Bacon character. Sure, but I, it's just yeah. very
2: cliched. But, totally. but there you go. Totally. And so, and and so, but then she cuts him, which is not logical because she hasn't done anything so bad. Like she hasn't hit a point of no return or anything. Well, they, she cuts him, and yeah. then everything goes off the rails. I don't know. There's we can get we could talk about Trav for a while about what the problems are, but here's my theory about her. It's like partway through this movie, she's prone, she's sucking him off, she's got this scalpel between her butt cheeks, and then she's gotta pull out and threaten him, but then like it doesn't quite work out. And then she just gets slapped and punched and hit and yeah. beat, and like flipped over in a car, and then we're at the end of the movie, and she picks up a tire iron and you can just see it in her hand. Like Nicholas and I talked about this. My husband and I talked about this. Like she picks up this tire iron, and you can almost see the actor being like, What have I been doing this whole movie? Cowering in the corner. I'm really tall. I have a tire iron. And I can just like solve this, right? And then she takes the gun and she shoots him dead. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And like I feel like the later roles that she'll become known for, she she gets monster, and you know, this the you know, this real life revenge incredible story and then you know and then she winds up like in this Mad Max world that like becomes like pretty yeah, much the badass hit maker. yes like, and then she's an like an
1: instant icon in terms of a character
2: an iconic yeah. role and yeah. just the center of female fury yeah, 100% like a Rosie
1: the Riveter for like
2: for post-apocalyptic you yeah. know like water seekers or whatever yeah. like so you could see like I, so I want to say the origin story of the actress who will later become Imperator Furiosa right. was born on the set of Trapped <laughs> where she's there in this piece of shit getting, like, abused always. And it's a
1: it's a really good point to make because it does, it does mark uh, a turn. I mean, it is interesting because she, so, and I don't know if this is a thing where maybe she made, maybe she shot Trapped and it didn't, you know, like, she does Trapped, right? Mm-hmm. She... Then does Monster.
2: Was, Was that not. the next one?
1: No, no. Well, because, but it does. But trap. Monster's O2, right? No, no, no but Trapped. Tra- tra- When's Monster? Tra- tra- oh, th- Monster's O3. What I'm saying is, she, it's like she does Trapped, and it feels like things turn, because uh, she does the Italian job. Right. right. Same year as Monster. Yeah. O3, big she, year for Charlize. Yeah, huge, huge year.
0: Italian job, big hit. Yeah. She's and, good in it. Charming.
1: And, and did all her own stunt driving. Oh, yeah, yeah I, oh, I always that's forget cool. that was that's like all? a thing. I it's, did not know that. I don't yeah. want to dive into this other movie too much, but her knowing that little fact about her made me so angry that when she did Fate of the Furious, they like didn't like, let, let her drive. drive. That's, that's like a Grey big Grey, thing with Connor Hunt. F. Gray, who who directed her in The Italian so knows that she can drive a car, right? Yeah, and is a capable director. Directs an entry in a very successful franchise about driving cars. Super as, fast. The, as the villain, and she's yeah. a hacker.
2: Well, she's and a hacker,
1: she, and he puts her behind a computer the whole time. Yeah. Like she doesn't get to drive a car. That's some, that's that, some shit.
2: That does seem super unfair. Yeah, that's. Some I, I am so with mad you. Mad. That is that is an we injustice. So
1: well, I
0: equally don't like that the way they did the title for the fate of the furious wasn't F eight.
1: Yeah, it's so dumb. Why, gonna make a movie. I always talked to somebody about that, and they were like, no, it, it's, it's called Frisch. the Fate of the Furious. This it franchise it is better than that. No. I was like, this franchise is
0: not better. Too fast, too Furious like, is one of them. Anyway. Yeah. Well,
1: I, I don't want to. So But anyways, But so it's we, a good
0: point. Yeah. Oh the idea that O2, right, O2 leads to O3 and, and to both of your points, Katie and Connor's points, the idea that like that's kind of the transference, right? It's like mm-hmm. in 03, it's Monster, it's Oscar, it's Italian job. And then, like, immediately after, Head in the Clouds comes and goes, okay, that's 04. And then North Country is 05. The movie doesn't explode at the box office, but she earns herself an Oscar nomination. And also in 05, she's in Eon Flux, which is a famous flop, but...
1: But a strong lead.
0: But she's leading a movie, right? Like, like, she's in a movie directed by a female, Karen Kusama, who is a very talented director. Movie kind of was taken from her by the studio. She had a cut. They didn't like the cut. They recut it. It's 90 minutes. It's a really badly patched together movie. Stuart Townsend makes a cameo in it, which is even weirder. Right. Uh, but there's another Stuart Townsend connection. So... She's on her way.
2: Well, the the Eon Flux, you know that choice feeds pretty well into this theory too, because like watching it, and it's not a great movie no. at all. And like, there's a lot of, there's there's certainly fighting, and some of it is fine. And I, think it, it's it's there not must love.
0: be a good cut. I think though, that's how I feel. Maybe. about it. you don't think so? M-
2: maybe I think there must be. <laughs> I don't maybe. Kara a good
0: director. I feel like you watch the movie and you're like. There must be 30 more You minutes. know what
2: I think? I think, like, as I mentioned, I mean, I'm old enough to remember Influx on, you know, on um, Liquid Television. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah. I watched that contemporaneously. Were as you, a, like, any t- excited
0: at all when it was coming out? The in I, L5?
2: Well, I wasn't really... It did not look like Good. what I had pictured. Yeah. And I think that that is the peril when you are addressing something like that. Something that had a cult following animated and it had a very particular look and feel and when I saw the trailer it was like that does not look one whit like the thing that I saw on liquid television and go. so I kind of gave it a pass and didn't see it until my daughter wanted to see it because she was she's very team Charlie's like in in badass punching roles so love that yeah so you know but like there she is like she's got agency she's fighting she's like doing this stuff you know and and she is a bona fide lead and
0: yeah which I think is important because yes as we talk about on this podcast, and we were talking about this before the podcast, movie star for me, I think is a, and you were saying maybe what I'm talking about as movie star, as movie star more in your mind is, Katie, is like icon or or not even, or like superstar.
2: Icon, legend, superstar. Right,
0: which is like yeah. the Leos, the Denzels, the Tom Cruise's, the Julia Roberts, the Sandra Bullock's, the kind of- The Will Smiths. The Will Smiths. And I'm trying to think of like, I guess Viola Davis isn't quite there yet, but like someone like her would... You know, like you get to a point
2: where... Did you say Denzel Washington? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, And you well,
2: said Julia Roberts. Yeah, yeah, but
0: yeah. But the point being that escalated level, I think of right. that as a movie star. And I think anybody below that who like can't consistently open a movie isn't really a movie star. But I can understand... How maybe I'm being a bit too narrow in my definition?
2: Yeah, no, my I, I have a much more forgiving uh, definition of it, which is like if they're if they're on what anyone would call an A list, are they an offer only? They're the biggest thing in the movie that that we are that pursuing in. them for. If they're the biggest name in it, that's movie star.
0: Yeah, and Shirley's is, I mean, not to be hundred percent a movie star.
1: Yeah, oh, no, I'm, not, I'm not trying to argue that. I think definitely, you know, if not in this initial period that we're talking about now in, like, the early 2000s. I mean, I think now, but that she's... Well, and by... That's my point. By Eon Flux, that's what's happening. So
2: the question is, when? Is Monster the one that did it? I think so, yeah. Because Monster was certainly the one that I think made her seem like a... I mean... To me, Monster is the one that established her as a serious actress, a quote unquote serious actress. Because yeah. again, I came into this like like I've seen her in these kind of like fluffy things or thankless things or you know things where it really depends on her being pretty. And then the first thing you see is oh, this stupendously pretty person yes. is playing a a fairly objectively ugly person, and it felt like such classic os- Oscar bait that yeah, I was not really.
0: I, yeah. But then I,
2: it was great. I think it was great.
0: Yeah, I think that I. One thing that's funny uh, as we're talking about uh, Monster, it's like the opposite of what happens to a lot of actresses. She won an Oscar, or and actors. She So, famously, right, when you win an Oscar, mm-hmm. okay, your quote goes up, right? That's like what happens, right? Yes. If you win an Oscar and you have an agent, obviously, da 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 da, you win an Oscar. When people make offers, your quote goes up because you won an Oscar, right? Because you can say Academy Award winner, Charlize Theron. When you put your name on the title, there. Okay, thank you. Point being, that actually ends up hurting a lot of actors and actresses sometimes because that doesn't price them out necessarily, but the author the offers get a little slim, a little me, a little bit more homogenous, I think. And you can point to like an Angelina Jolie. Who, after she won an Oscar, she's in Tomb Raider, but then she's making a lot of kind of subpar movies. After Girl Interrupted, huh. and then obviously you know turns it around and starts doing her own thing, but I think Charlize doesn't do that. Is my point?
2: Yeah. Well, no, no. She's I. The end of that point makes total sense to me. I,
0: you I think guess Angie I, maybe not.
2: I think in general, uh, a best actor, best actress Oscar helps way more than it hurts i guess ever. But like think about halle
0: berry right i feel like it's a thing right like it's definitely something I mean, that's been covered a little bit like she because she wins an oscar die another day right uh, not for die another day but she wins an Oscar for Monsters <laughs> Ball. Ball right. But around that same time, she didn't die another day. And then it kind of dries up for her after that for a while.
2: Well, I mean, you're talking about what happens to women in yeah, Hollywood a lot. Which I think is right. divorced entirely from what happens to Academy, Academy Award winners. That's true. And there's a separate category of what happens to best supporting Actresses, which as we've learned is they run into Harvey Weinstein's dick. And if they don't want to like play ball, then they go away. And it was like, Oh, what happened to her? I guess there's a curse. Right. I guess there's a curse in the best supporting Oscar. Not like right. which that has been <laughs> this man predated like, them away. A curse
1: and it, its name was Harvey Weinstein. Correct. Oh,
2: like the, the myth of the best supporting actress curse is, just turning out to be Harvey Weinstein like a Scooby-Doo villain is like one of the great tragedies of, like, you know, of Hollywood true. life. No, completely. it's 100% true. So anyway, I think I think maybe what you're talking about, there, expectations do go up. Right. And then everyone's looking for your next move. And if your next move, your next couple moves are bad right. or feel lateral or feel beneath you, then people are very quick to judge. So maybe there's that. Yeah. But I think... In general, you can't blame the Oscar for that. You know, it really is. No, just like... true.
0: Yeah, no. Of course, of course, you can't blame the Oscar for that. And obviously, winning an Oscar is a wonderful, right? I would imagine. So I wouldn't yeah. mind it. <laughs> <laughs> so in North Country, she gets nominated. Ian Flux. She's a movie star. She's leading a movie. That movie obviously underperforms. Not really her fault, of course. Like we talked about in the Valley of Ella. Ella.
2: I think it's Ella. Uh,
0: That's like movie the Rock War is... one, right? So here's, yeah, here's my memory of that movie. I saw it in Buffalo. Okay, uh, I did not love it. End of the movie. The whole thing is there's it's murder investigation. Tommy Lee Jones is the lead. Charlize is in as well. Um,
2: is that s- Jake Gyllenhaal? Is he no, it? it's um. It, there's no, a he bunch was in people. Jarhead. Yeah, I'm there's a bunch of people, me.
0: but it was that time period. Okay. The movie's 07, Paul Haggis. It was his Crash follow-up.
2: Oh right.
0: In the Valley of That's blah. why I blacked it out. Tommy Lee Jones got nominated for an Oscar for this movie, even though the movie vastly underperformed, made six and a half million dollars. Anyway, he murder mystery, and the whole thing is. Tommy Lee Jones at the beginning of the movie, he's a patriot, and somebody's like hanging a flag upside down, and he gets very mad about it because it's America and what have you. Mm-hmm. And then he does this investigation. And at the end, what's and I'm I have not seen this movie in a long time, but basically, there is corruption within the military that is revealed by Mr. Tommy Lee Jones, and it is being covered up. And so, at the end of the movie, and sorry, I suppose for Indebele, he hangs of the, the
2: flag upside down,
0: he hangs the flag upside down, and I was and Buffalo, Buffalo, which. I love Buffalo. Me and Connor met in Buffalo. We went to school in Buffalo. Buffalo is not unlike a lot of cities around Buffalo. You got a lot of liberals, you got a lot of conservatives, right? You know what I mean? It's Indeed not. You it's, do. It's, it's a purple world. And outside of this the metropolis, it's it's red. Okay. So I'm watching this movie in Buffalo, and he does, he puts the flag go sit down, and this guy in front of me was not just mad, like more than mad. Like he stood up, he's cursed the screen. He's like, oh, for God, like just. And he was an older guy. Like it was I must have been a press screening. And I it was just always remember
1: that. Oh my god. In the Valley of a Lot. Do you think he wasn't just mad at how rote that is? He was just like, <laughs> oh
2: God, that's just bad writing. <laughs> yeah. I, I could have predicted that. Right. Yeah. I you <laughs> that's know what? Really wow. yeah.
0: It turns out that guy was David Simon sitting in front of him. No, I'm just kidding. But but um <laughs> <it was> David
2: <laughs> This is so Simon. Derivative. This I'm, is derivative. I'm storming the fuck out of here. This is more derivative. Anyway,
0: so. <laughs> But so that's In the Valley of a Lot, she makes. Sleepwalking with, um, I think, young Jennifer Lawrence is in Sleepwalking. You want to give me a check I on that? I might be remember of, what this I is. I might be thinking of The Burning Plane, but check that for me. Anyway, she's also in The Burning Plane, which is another indie that yes. comes out in the late aughts. Battle Seattle, we talked about. She's in The Road. It's a very, 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 very small, 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 small role. But
2: pivotal. And small actually, but pivotal.
0: now that we briefly bring up The Road... This is the one thing I wanted to say about Trapped. Okay. We moved away, but this is something I was no, thinking about. No, let's bring it full circle. It's based on a novel, Trapped is. Yes. Called 24 Hours. They changed the title to Trapped because 24 was a big hit show at the time. So they changed it to, oh, 24 Hours is a really bad title for a movie. What can, can we think of a worse one? Yes, let's call it <laughs> Trapped. Anyway, this is what I thought about when I was watching. I've not read the movie, or I've not read the book 24 Hours, but. When watching Trapped, I did think to myself, if I was reading this as a book, it would probably work way better for me. And that is a thing that I think is interesting. I read a lot of Lee Child, like as like my enjoyment reads or whatever, Mm -hmm. the Jack Reacher books. And I do always think about that. You can do a lot in a book because it's in your mind. And if you can kind of plot it out in the language, then you know what I mean... I do. I, I, I feel f- like if you're reading Trapped, you're like, oh, this is a little, oh, here's another twist. Oh, oh, here's another way. twist. Is was Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. okay. And it's like Kim Basinger, right? It's like generations it's of It's like people.
2: blondes on wheat yes, fields or yes, whatever. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes.
0: Burning Plane, yes. And it's like a, um, yeah, that movie, um, yeah, that is not, a, not an amazing picture, but... Um, Anyway, that's my trap thing.
2: My trap thing is that they had six different movies that they could have made. Yes. One of them is like The Perfect Plan That Goes Wrong, which is I think the one they thought they were making. Right. There's the one about this, you know, about this grieving father who's like grasping at straws and trying to do anything else. But like, you know, there were, there's, there's the movie where it's just Bruce Taylor Vince, and Dakota Fanning, which, which would have been clearly been the best one. You know, there's the one where there's like marriage is falling apart, this and that. Like, you know, because there are a couple of cross marriage things where like, you know, Kevin Bake is trying to get in there in the bedroom and cuckold the man because that seems to be part of the deal. Well, that's like
1: kind of like a that would be kind of like a desperate hours kind of thing. Yes. Right. You know, yes, 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 yes.
2: So there's a lot going on. But in the end, they're just like, so they know. just really need to get to the part where Stuart Townsend flies a plane onto a highway. That's really what this was. I feel like that was in the picture. Such pitch. a ridiculous like, And at the engine. end, oh there's a plane, and he literally almost kills his daughter like seven times. He's there trying to save her, and then he drives his plane onto the highway into a log truck. <laughs> and then there's a huge crash and, and the girl like hits the dashboard and like poor Dakota like, yeah man and she, yeah, yeah, yeah but she was committed that's she a committed was little committed actress and holy shit right.
0: she's the best <laughs> she's the best part of that movie
2: okay so um, and so on.
1: anyway he also
2: kind of Townsend
1: kind of also looks like a literal child yeah he's a young he is guy. significantly
2: younger than her he, he is six years younger than oh is that Charlie true yeah. oh there you go mm-hmm.
0: and then sort of Good just fly, her. flying through the road uh, small but pivotal like we said young adult I love so we don't need. To, I, I thought mean, she was great cool? in Young Adult. Just, yeah, yeah and
1: she's great in it. And I think this Young Adult is, I think, worth mentioning in the context of like, you know, she did Sleepwalk. She did all these little movies that we just mentioned.
0: Also a mean right?
1: movie. She had done Charlie's Mean. Different kind of different kind of mean, which was like a huge hit. Right? Oh, but, Hancock, right? But you know, she's the second, third lead in it. A right. second lead. I
0: mean, she's the, the other. kind of the she's second She's the other. Lead. She's oh, right. She's the other right. god. The other other god. Other. That's Spoilers right. La- for the
2: last Hancock. third. They're fighting. That's the Spoilers last Spoilers for the 2003 movie, Hancock. Hancock. <laughs> 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 Whatever. Um, Whatever it was. 2008. But 2008. Was it 2008? Oh, my uh, God. Wait, whichever. And it was only saying The 2008 movie, right. Hancock. And that was Probably. the
0: last the full-blown Will
1: Smith hit that wasn't a Men in Black movie. Yep. Oh, uh, been a long time been a long, oh, well I guess Suicide
0: Squad but, but anyway
1: but she has this little track record of little movies she does Hancock, does a couple little movies and then does Young Adult and I I mean correct me if I'm wrong I feel like that put her back in kind of this like oh she's a and
0: that's right actress. at the end she's no longer with Stuart Townsend at this point right she gets a nomination or almost gets a nomination for Young Adult, we'll check on that and then Snow in the Huntsman she's the bad guy
2: Yeah. She's the queen. She is the queen. Pretty
0: good performance. Pretty subpar. A pretty normal movie. Pretty. It's It's just a. My understanding
2: is that's a pretty terrible movie, but it performs super well. The
0: sequel is is a tough one. Uh, Yeah. the, The first one's not great either, but I guess I'm just. The sequel is just. It's a. And it's like a prequel sequel.
2: I don't know why you would have a sequel to that movie yeah, that is just, not literally just for pr- trying to print money. Like yeah, and it just there's didn't, no it just reason. didn't work and it didn't. She
0: work. got
1: nominated for a Golden Globe. Yeah, but not okay. an Oscar. Okay. okay, And so
0: Prometheus. Let's just not talk about. it. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. She's really bad on it, right? I don't yeah. want to talk about it. Right? Do we the, agree? I, I,
1: I do feel... want to talk about it really quick. Okay, but it's really she's quick. not good though. I here, but here's the it's thing. not her fault. I'm not no, blaming no, no, it I her. I agree. I think she's making a choice in that movie. Uh, it's none of it works.
0: A choice to be in Prometheus. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's what
1: choice
2: what, do you think what she's feels, making? What I'm feels interested. Weird, in
1: this. What feels weird in retrospect about Prometheus is that you you like you put her in a movie, and now you know now we see her as Furiosa and Atomic Blonde and whatever, right? And you put her in the franchise that you know was helped it was spawned by Sigourney Weaver as a tough. Lady, lady yeah. Right. Yeah. And you think to yourself on paper, you're like, oh, an alien movie starring Charlie's Throne. That's perfect. Right. Right. She instead kind of is given, you know, this mustache twirly bad guy role. Right. And Spoilers. Again. <laughs> uh, and it kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not really her fault. I don't think. I think she tries to take what's written as this yeah. kind of like frigid ice queen role and, yeah. and 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 i think after literally playing a frigid ice yeah, queen, yeah right i mean it's, right instantly. and yeah and i think deli- and i think deliberately makes a little mustache twirly like I'll, I'll never forget that you and i i remember this distinctly went to go see prometheus at a midnight screening, I and mean, it was the first midnight screening either of us had been to in forever. But we were both kind of jacked on the movie. Yeah, yeah.
2: Of course, and, and I mean the trailers were, like, looked like yeah. this was going to be shows. it. Oh Great my gosh. in IMAX at midnight.
0: Or oh my whatever, god. Or yeah, I think whatever. it was even past midnight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And, and I remember walking out of the movie and being so angry and never like, I don't know, just particularly when she has the scene with Guy Pearce. It's the reveal that he's her father, right? <laughs> And she has this like Star Wars-esque line delivery of the word father to like reveal that he's her father. Oh
2: god.
1: And it feels clearly like a deliberate choice. So it's not it's not good, but it's the kind of thing that I feel like that was her being like, okay, well, I don't want to necessarily just be like frigid ice queen, because there's literally a whole scene where Idris Elba was like, you're a frigid ice queen. She was like, no, I'm not. And then it, it's like it's like maybe have sex like it's there's a whole scene that's literally that right? yeah and I think the mustache twirliness was like a decision by her to like at least chew the scenery a little bit and make the role like
2: not some, some, not super boring yeah, you know, yeah something else
1: it is to no effect really
0: now yeah. I do love alien covenant I will say that yeah that's the and she's not in that but anyway so a million ways to die in the West uh, Seth MacFarlane movie nah. yeah, also, yeah yeah
2: yeah But the one thing I will say is that I was you're saying this stuff about Prometheus made me thinking about her various gears because she I think she is she is she's a very good actress but selectively and her range is not gigantic that which is fine that's often the case with movie stars actually like movie stars as opposed to like journeyman actors right you know I feel like she's got a, a few gears and we saw the like ingenue gear happily like fade out at its given time right she has her furiosa gear where she's just like kicking ass and that's obviously my favorite gear yeah and there's a gear that's just like super fun like we've skipped over Waking Up in Reno which is a sure. bizarre movie that yeah which got, I've like, never seen Billy Bob right Billy Bob Patrick Swayze Classic Natasha Swayze. Richardson yeah. and it's like one of those like madcap everybody's a little dumb and a little greedy and there's like some husband-wife swapping oh. there's some couple swapping okay. going on and it's and it's like kind of slapsticky in a grown-up way and okay. it's not it's super uneven but like it's her it's it's like a bit of a glimpse in her fun gear which does not get to, to come out and play a lot like I feel like we see that fun gear in that little movie Young we adult get, a little bit. Young adult, Mishimi we see your fun gear. But yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's like fun. jaunty. Like she has some fun. We see it where she has that lovely arc on arrested development.
0: Oh, I love her. I forgot. Which about is that. which
2: is when I truly was like, okay, You're I really stressed. like her. Right. I don't hate her at all. I don't care how pretty she is. I really like her. Yeah. Like but she pays Rita the the slow Yes. The secretly that's slow. So fun. You know. Also a pairing with Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman, that's right. Her oh. first pairing with Jason oh, Bateman. That's yeah. Right. yeah. And um, so I feel like a million ways to die in the West is a place for her to like exercise that mischief
1: here. Yeah, I just wish it was better. Of she's, course, she's also not entirely unfunny in the movie. Like she has a few deliveries that are like choice and pretty. Cool. Yeah, I mean no. that movie's not. Yeah, you know, it's not really worth it. But um, and then Mad Max, yeah, which we talk about a
0: lot. Great, yeah. which, which is
2: definitely an A it's, side. It's, but it's yeah, but what an A side. Yeah, yeah.
0: But, I mean you know, and then um, and then our last you know B side. A movie that really didn't come out, right? really didn't come out. It's called Dark Places. Directed by the gentleman who directed Sarah's Key only a few years before, which was this Kristen Scott Thomas movie. Yeah, um. I had never
2: heard of this director in my life.
0: Yeah, this movie. Okay, so... <laughs> Do you think... Th- Gillian or Gillian Flynn? Gillian Flynn? Gillian I think Flynn. it's Gillian I think Flynn. it's Gillian. Gillian <laughs> Flynn, based on her book. Yes. She did not write it. He wrote no, it.
2: No, he wrote it. She didn't write it. Here's my experience sometimes when I watch a movie that makes no sense at the end uh, of it it says based on a novel by Gillian Flynn and I go oh that makes sense and that is what, so what happened to me one. this time yeah and
0: this is well, yeah, and this yeah. is yeah. what I wanted to say about Gillian Flynn so it's interesting though right about her because now she's now she's like, uh, like she's
2: the go to twist she's girl and properties. yeah properties
0: like it's kind of mm-hmm. nuts like actually like so Gone Girl of course Dark Places she's like
1: the Patricia Highsmith of, right of her time
0: uh, Gone Girl
2: I mean, she just she co-wrote "Widows." Widows, right? Yeah. I was gonna say. So, and but so my sharp point objects. is, right, sharp objects. Sharp
0: obviously, objects, yeah. which I so which, here's the deal: I really don't like sharp objects. A lot of people love it, so I think it's, I don't know, it's okay. Sort of boring. But so you know, my I my, my so my, way through. my my wife Kelly loves it.
2: I stopped. Eli
0: Eli Hayden, shout out Eli Heighton, who we work with at the company me and Connor work at. He loved it, so people love it. I did not. Um, I stopped as well. You stopped. I. I finished it, but it, I not I
2: will tell you, there are things that I love about it, yeah. but I was not, like, I kept watching. When you watch it late at night, like, there was a 50-50 shot. I was out. Right, so, right. Saying that.
0: Point being. Yes. Interesting, interesting writer where it's like, you have, like, this movie, Dark Places, Is I guess my point is, this is, what an outlier this movie is. Because Widows, big release, not making a ton of money, but getting well-received. Sharp sure. Objects, big HBO release. Basically got very good reviews, getting a lot of notice at the end of the year on t- best of TV lists, you know, does, I think, pretty well. Like, the viewership number's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Gone Girl, huge hit. Everybody oh, yeah. loved and it. and legitimately,
2: like, a great movie a great and a movie. great script. And yeah. I was like, this Jillian Flynn lady, like, 100%. I think I like her. But. So it's just
0: so funny to me that Dark Places, which is the one where she has, as I, I, as I understand, the least... Uh, involvement where you know, the director is writing it and adapting it himself and then directing it is the one that like nobody knows about. It's on Netflix. You I have never it now. heard of this.
2: I will point out this was like I, I picked this as like I was like I want to talk about this one because yeah. it was not because it's a later period one where Charlize Theron can do whatever she wants. Mm. It comes out the year after Mad Max so I think that short haircut she's gotten it is because she had her head shaved like literally that's Probably. as far as her hair she's grows. She's wearing a hat, hat a
1: lot of the time. Oh, it's Gil.
2: It is Gillian yeah, Flynn, yeah, yeah. Gillian. okay. Yeah. Gillian See, I've Flynn. learned two things there today. You go. See, fact um, Connor, also
0: <laughs> <awesome laughs> producer Connor.
2: So here, yeah. here's my thing: when you are a writer that has a tendency for the macabre, like fem- like female killer, like f- like the dark side of femininity. Right. You know what I mean? Like the like the dark things women can do. And I think that I really actually appreciate Gillian Flynn in her placing that into our like our cultural world right cuz there isn't enough of it you know like like you have to understand totally. that women are just as like fucked up as men are and she really is like made it her mission to put that on screen whenever possible or in books whenever possible right right but you have to be careful when you are putting twisty turny things together that you are keeping a keen eye on the narrative that you are keeping a keen eye into what the audience knows, what they care about, what is, what the, where the suspense what they points care are about, about is the big one. Yeah, because there were a lot of twists and turns in this, but a lot of them were just flat out like sub Agatha Christie red herrings well, and, that well, don't yeah. matter.
0: And the point to your point is that the central mystery of the, of the film, which is what the whole movie is about, I'm watching it today. I'm watching it today, and I am literally like, I do not care about this. <laughs> Uh, you know and that's I mean just fundamentally I'm watching this movie and I'm watching Charlize she plays Libby Day who is this young when she was a young six year old there was this massacre right or whatever, eight, or eight, whatever sorry you're... thank you eight year old uh, this massacre happened where her brother was ultimately convicted of killing the rest of her family
2: yeah her mother and her two older sisters right. so basically there's some dude who comes through with a shotgun kills her mom kills her two older sisters, she escapes, and her brother is convicted for the murder in part because he confesses to being a Satanist and definitely doesn't stick up for himself in the trial, and he's put away for 28 years.
0: Right, and so Ty Sheridan plays the young brother who grows up to be Corey Stolt, which casting directors (laughs) out there, what?
1: were we doing? In I mean, no I world does Ty Sheridan become Corey Stoll. Sure, but I think they did it to put Ty Sheridan in the movie and to put Corey Stoll. Okay. <laughs> I, I spent I, that
2: I, whole time thinking it was Ezra Miller. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> and so you have the...
2: Sorry.
0: <laughs> hey, no, don't you ever be sorry thinking that Ezra Miller's in the movie. I love Ezra. So there's a lot of Satanism in the movie. There is. It's yeah, there weird. Is. There's yeah. a lot of Satan stuff. I was surprised how much Satan stuff there was in this movie.
2: Um, I f- This is where I feel like maybe... And as this-
0: a Satanist, I mean... Right. I, mean, well, <laughs> I, I felt, I felt it, heard. Man. I felt
2: represented. <laughs> I... Look, I, I remember when Satanic right. cult... Like, it was basically like the Tide Pod story of the <laughs> mid-80s. It really was. And so you see, like, a glimpse of, like, I think, like, Twisted Sister, whatever it was, like, yes, you, you know, yes, like, yes. On, on TV. And I remember when like, Republican congressmen were getting freaked out because they were like, all these teens today, they're becoming Satanists and there's a Satanist cult. It has to do with heavy metal music. And they legitimately believed it. And they talked about it exactly the way they would later talk about NWA and, like, rap music corrupting the youth. And then later we talk about, like, did you hear teens are doing this thing called XYZ?
0: Blanking. yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. And so it was... I think in a different director's hands, where you can, where you better feel the hysteria around it in like small towns and like the kid that dresses weird, but like there hasn't yet been a Columbine, so you could just be like, oh, he's a weirdo. He's a Satanist, you know? And then the kids. Like, being, like, largely teenage boys that would be into this, like, take that and be like, yeah, man, I'm a Satanist. And people did legitimately, like, draw pentagrams with the two points up. Like, people... Like, I knew boys who did that just because they thought it would make them a badass. It's a trolling thing.
0: It's like a... Yeah. Exactly. 80s yeah. version of it. In
2: yeah. An 80s version of it. So I think in a different director's hands, they could look at that for, like, the hysteria and the remove that it was. But I think they kind of leaned into it here.
0: Yeah. Given that but they butcher point.
2: cows. Ugh. Like, yeah, they go and murder so some Connor, cows.
1: So Connor, who... <laughs> I've not I've not
0: watched he's not seen it. There's a whole scene where you so you have Chloe Grace Moretz who's in the picture who plays a crucial character in the movie and then is there's an older version of her. She is having a relationship with Ty Sheridan who's the young brother and flashback a lot of flashbacks in this movie. And there's this whole scene where they like butcher cattle. They butcher cows is... on
2: rush. They take they they right. they hit the rush and then they kill the cows. And it's like there's like a mestizo like you know right. teenager like blood and, and, just, and Yeah, and they and they like sort of egg the guy on to like kill the cows and stuff. It basically like to bring it back to Charlies, yeah. the reason we're here. She comes in and the first Ten lines she has because she's the sole survivor, and she's basically grown up to do nothing. Right, and they have a bit of weird, uncalled for voiceover that only comes in. It must be periodically, from the book, right? I kept being probably. Reading. There's no need for it yeah, at all because yeah. it's there at the beginning, and the end, and like once or twice in the middle of when you just enough for you to jar and go like, what? what are we? Oh wait, there's voiceover. I guess. Yeah. Right. So she comes right. in and right. gives us some unnecessary interior monologue about how she was given money by strangers because there was this big sensational case, and then she just uses it to do nothing. And she has a book by her, I just air-quoted, by her that's like ghostwritten, and she doesn't do anything, and then she winds up needing money. So she gets paid a scant amount of money by these like true crime people to like find out who the real killer was because they picked up this cold case. They think Ben is innocent, the brother. Yeah, Ben
0: is the brother who's been in jail for 28 years. And has been becoming, you know, Corey Stoll when he was Ty Sheridan, and um, she's convinced he did commit the crime.
2: Yeah, she testified against him because right. she thought she remembered it, but she was also like not really remembering and she, right. You know. Yeah, exactly. It's a good premise for it's a, a movie. It's kind of a great premise that like, like what happens to the person you know. who grows up out of these stories if they don't become Elizabeth Smart and like does something amazing with their lives. Like, do 100%. they? De- like, there's a lot of pressure for that, and then so they sort of recruited her to like. You know, these like true crime yeah, aficionados, the kill, the, the kill club. They have this really unfortunate scene at the beginning oh, that it was scene. so dumb and gratuitous where it's like a, where she comes in and they're and they're like they're all cosplaying. Like they're oh, cosplaying oh like murders. So someone comes up like Ted Bundy or whatever and like threatens her, the legitimate survivor of uh, of a grizzly murder, like or a grizzly like Murder spree. Right, right. She's, she's the survivor, and she's, like, having to wander through this cosplay jungle. Nicholas Holt is, like, taking her through all these things, and they've but they basically want her to help solve this crime. And she's reluctant, but she does it. And she's playing the, like, well, it doesn't really fucking matter. Like, everything's like, well, I don't really, why'd you fucking do that? Would you? And it's, like, the writing is super lazy, where they, oh, they yeah. just, like, splash a few fucks in her first few lines, and then you get that she's over it. She dresses like a legitimate undercover detective. Yeah. To like where I saw the the Netflix icon for this and I was like, oh, she's playing a detective because she's got like.
1: Yeah, a hat she's got and like. Some, what's funny is, I'm look sorry,
2: I'm not speaking. So cool yeah, on. no, I'm no just, please, I'm just. I, <laughs> I'm like
1: looking at images of her from the movie. I'm like, she a detective?
2: No, she's well, not. She she's also, an amateur she detective. She's totally
0: right. Becomes like an amateur sleuth yeah, in the picture. Just, but the But the problem is. The mystery needs to be a mystery, right? The beauty of Gone Girl is, right, it's one mystery and then it becomes, right in the middle, another thing, right? It's like right. it's one thing and then it becomes another thing. So at the moment you're like, oh, no, I get this. Why are we even are, – are we done? It <laughs> right. becomes another thing in the book right. and also the movie. The problem with, with Dark Places is the thing that is being – her apathy and and not even apathy but her her pain and suffering and her need to believe it was her brother is the only thing preventing this mystery from being solved and once she actually activates it's relatively simple to solve the movie literally it's a tattoo and a connection of like a name to the tattoo to the real name of the that's right. what it is right? right that's the whole thing so if you're writing that screenplay i have to think you're saying to yourself, "Ooh, this is thin. This is a little thin."
2: And well, so they throw in a bunch of like red herrings 100%. because, like her, you know, because the the kid's like no good dad is there. Right? There's like, you know, and, and that's then they, what it is. It's just then, red herrings. And then the answer. Was is is presented early, and I remember thinking, "Oh, that seems plausible," but then it turns out to be kind of a like two answer, which is the least satisfying one. Like, I don't know why I'm like pre- preserving this because I mean, like, no, right, but but right. it's recent I enough. I feel like I respond, yeah. I feel a responsibility to like not give the whole thing away. Yeah, yeah no, no, I but agree. I will, I will say that like Charlize Theron was a producer, like a lead producer on this. Right. She's like the first three, and I'm thinking about it from her perspective. Like, she takes this thing; she's hot off Mad Max, she's hot off of this like. This, you know, where, where she's like this pr- badass protector and she comes in and I can see the choice to be like, I want to play a kind of antihero yeah. that women don't get to play a lot. You, because no one tries, no one in this tries to have sex with her.
0: I don't believe at all. so. Because Nicholas Holt is all Nixon, Nicholas not... Holt is,
2: I kind of thought he was going to be the kid. I kind of thought like I was waiting for Nicholas Holt to have a reveal. Oh, where, like, I he, see. I thought he was going to be. And why wouldn't you do that? Why do not you go full? Keen? I thought, he, but but really, he was just an interesting guy that like dropped off the face of the movie for He's most. Like not of it. in the second half, and then like later, he finds her. He's like, it's okay. He's yelling her name and like clearly putting her in more danger. But whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just, you, I'll spoiler the rest if I talk about it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I can see her choice to play somebody who's like usually played by a dude. I can see Mark Wahlberg from the Yards. Yes. playing this kind of like, well, tough stuff has happened to me, so I don't want to talk about it. I haven't done much with my life. I'm kind of a loser. That's is Mark Walmer
0: in the pot is he with us? Yeah. That, that, <laughs>
2: that was Mark a Mark perfect remark. <laughs> Good to see you. So so like she, you know, she dresses very asexually and she's just like and she is not and she is there not as anybody's object of desire. She is not anybody's yeah. like she does get imperiled, but not in a, not in a predatory, like, not in a sexually predatory way, more in a, like, you know too much kind of way. Yes. And, like, I can see her choice to do that. Plus, you know, like, Gillian Flynn and all that other stuff. And you can can see, like, you can see her wanting to make that choice. And I can see choices of female agency that are, like, very much in contrast to what's happening around the time of the arts. You know what I mean? Just, like, bring it full circle. In this particular case, it does not work. No. One bit. None of it does. But that is not... I, there could be many reasons for that. No. I, you know. And look,
0: and I think this speaks to like, what we're getting now, which I love, is you're getting people like Charlize, you're getting people like Reese Witherspoon, you're getting people like Sandra Bullock, who are taking more agency of the project, pro, no, agency is the wrong word, taking more control of the projects they're working on, um, which I think is great. So, cause you know, you have your successes where like, look, Reese produced Hot Pursuit with her and Sofia Vergara, not a hit, but then... Or good. <laughs> or good. But then she produced um, Big Little Lies, which is yeah. very huge. And we're all very excited about season two and da 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 I would hope the same for Charlize moving forward, right? I would hope she continues to get more control. Sandra Bullock similarly, right? She produced... She had a hand in Our Brand is Crisis. Not a big success, but she's moving forward. She's trying to champion things. So I like that. So to your point, yes, the impetus is there, the motivation, you can understand it. I just wish it co—it co- it congealed in a way that worked or was engaging, not even worked, was engaging. That's the big thing. Yeah. I think
2: yeah, there, and, I, I, it was hard to get through the first half of this, like hard. And like totally. I i try to give myself all sorts of ways to make it easier. Like It's like the it,
0: perfect Netflix, like it's the perfect Netflix in the, in the way of you would have – clicked off of it. You know what I mean? After 20 minutes, you'd be like, I, yeah, yeah I, like, I, I like, know.
2: Wh- like movies to fold laundry to is where this is where this 100%. comes in the Netflix yes, queue. Yes, yes. And, but like, there was a point at which there were several like little bits of the story where like Christina Hendricks plays her mom. The mother, yeah. And there are a couple of really compelling moments where you can see, and, and I think, you know, you know where the mother is faced with foreclosure of the farm. She is destitute. She has it. One son who's being accused of bad stuff because he's a like public Satanist and people are talking shit about him. And like, like a couple of her daughters are kind of crappy yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah. and they have no money and her husband is a, is a dickhead who who has some very rote dialogue about what a bad person she is because she's not sharing her money uh, so he can drink it
0: yeah, away yeah that scene it's just there's a lot of scene. that's a problem for every moment you're like oh this is good acting Christina Hendricks who she, just her whole post Mad Men career just kills me because I just feel like she never gets a full Shake like she's good in little, these little snippets, and I just I want her to have a bigger.
2: Yeah, she she was uh, very affecting yeah, in this movie where I she agree. didn't really need to be. Like it was totally. not the it was not the most de- it was not the deepest of roles, right. but I think she really put something in there. But then there's then you have like speaking of cosplaying, you I I when I watch actors cosplaying Redneck, it drives me up a goddamn wall. Right, and I feel like when I see it, it it just. It makes me so annoyed because. Is
0: it because like the actor doesn't prepare enough in your mind or.
2: I feel like it's a sort of joint effort. Sometimes it's the dialogue. Sometimes it's the actor. Sometimes, sometimes it's just like they give him too much of a mullet and you're like, come on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, and that doesn't mean that anytime you watch people who are like poor or troubled or just Southern in movies, like it's necessarily bad. I mean, I feel like winter's bone is like the, quintessential example of what happens when you like go to Appalachia and like you know and like try to really capture that and they like do it well yeah but I when you see an actor like who like the guy who played the the dad the like deadbeat dad he's got one come scene in, he's got one scene Two, which has. exists solely so he could like take the money like knock around a little bit call it cunt. you know yeah. what I mean yeah that's it yeah. and like I the reason it makes me so mad is that I feel like it is a writer's excuse and a director's excuse a filmmaker's excuse to just put people up there behaving crappily with no good justification. Like, well, they're white trash. So like whatever. Yeah, I, th- and and certainly white people are not th- at all the only people who are subject to this. I mean, this is just the white version of like 100%. every like like can you play or ghetto or whatever? Like and you know, and white people have a pretty good shake, all things considered, in terms of roles no, they're good to play. No,
0: but you're totally right. But like,
2: like it just it's just an excuse for people to say shitty things to each other on a screen. Right. That's it.
0: No, and that scene is a great example of that. Yeah. Yeah. Dark places. And this. So this was a twenty four, which is funny now because a twenty four has this kind of kind of beautifully built brand. But a, this this was one of the a twenty four movies that they had to deal with Directv. And there's a few movies they made. They came out with that the deal was basically got a small theatrical release and then was exclusive direct t- exclusive released to TV. exclusively released to directv. We so got there. you have Mississippi Grind was one of them. Great movie that I love. Uh, Slow West. A lot of people love that movie. So you had some good ones. You had some bad ones. This is one of the ones that kind of came and went. Um, after this, we're kind of up to where you know basically up to the present. She does voice work in Kubo and the Two Strings. She's in movie. Fate of the Furious, uh, we talked about it as Cipher, I believe.
2: With those Hacking Cornrow, Cornrows. Uh, cornrows. I like her in it. The Coachella
0: dreads. Yeah, I got Connor, uh, I Connor I got has that. the problem. I I, uh, I I think she's a good villain in it. Um Atomic Blonde, I think we all really like yeah, Atomic yeah. Blonde. I room. have
2: I have a stupid, dumb yeah. love for Atomic I Blonde. Lo- I, I really it. I feel about Atomic Blonde the way I think that most people feel like feel about Die Hard, except that I also really like Die Hard. But, no right. Like, but I, that, it kind of juices that well, same kind of thing. People call it
0: Jane Wick, and I think that's totally right. I mean, I Jane
2: Wick is perfect. Yeah, I,
0: think that's that's the, I
1: think it's true. I think it's good. The thing about that movie, I think that, that uh, is apropos to this conversation, is I don't even know how much I like that movie in terms of like, uh, it's devices plot and, stuff, and yeah. devices and things like I that I mean it's I much think, thinner than Die I think, Hard I should I say think, <laughs> I <laughs> think much I think in thinner in the grand scheme of like spy movies it's not that good yeah. but I do love the movie because she is like so crazy good just on, as a presence on screen and yeah. I think it's a testament uh, I mean this is a little bit of a, another tangent but I think I think she is one of the performances I would cite as a testament to like how, how much of a bum rap the action genre gets in terms of like acting and things like that? Because yeah. I think I think in that—that's uh, a great point. Well, in that's in that, like that in the, that's walk- the Tom Cruise
0: Fallout. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I I, I just,
2: Although Tom Tom Cruise fall, Tom Cruise and Fallout, that conversation has been happening for a year. It'd be like, hey guys. These movies are really good. Well, no, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Guys, that's this but is that's, hard to do. No, Did you know that? Yeah, that's but, hard to do. But, but that's <laughs> my point. I, mean, I feel Fury like
0: it's ha- happening with Fallout, really, right? Yes.
1: To her credit it's again. It's
0: turning slowly, right? People yeah. are starting to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. like stuntmen should. Get Oscar, yeah, right? Like, there should be some sort of are
1: hard, and, yeah. 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 And, and it's and a I, dance,
0: I mean, it's you know, it's Fred Astaire I, and Ginger Rock, you know what I mean? There's a thing happening that needs to be choreographed. I, and
1: there's a reason, I think, there's a reason also, like you, you cite even earlier, uh, huge moments in action, right? Like, there's a reason Harrison Ford is amazing in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it's because when you watch that dude in a fight, you're like, yeah, man, I don't know, that looks hard, right? <laughs> right, And an he, atomic,
2: he might not come out okay, comic
1: blonde. She gives a very similar performance in that regard because, like that whole sort of fake wander near the end of the movie. Yeah, it's beautifully done, both directed, acted, all of it. Because as you get further along in that scene, she is just like dragging her feet, and it just fe- like you just feel it, like every single moment of it. And I think, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's I'm- such a, it's like she should have should have gone. So, and it's, I, I mean, say it loud, I think, dude! Totally. I think she's so good. It's yeah, so, and it's stupid.
2: And you know, and like credit to credit to the filmmakers too for like starting out to be like, look, you you start out and she's beat to shit. Like that's yeah, the first yeah. thing you know about her is that she has been beat to shit, and the whole movie's about how does she get so beat to shit, and like so you know things are going to get ugly. But I think that like while it's not a new point to say that maybe violence in movies has been portrayed a little cavalierly and, like, you don't really see the effects, like, just the the fact that the device that they keep coming back to these ice baths that she's just got to, like, soak all of this in ice, in actual ice for a long time because when you get hit and kicked and punched in the face and get swung off of balconies and you hit them, and, like, mm. it hurts. And, you know, we're taking some license in that she hasn't died four times from all these things, hundred, but, like... Yeah but they really do some work trying to make you earn every single like hurrah when she hits a bad guy because yeah. it's not just easy yeah, it's not I just think, fake
1: I, yeah. and i think it also it's the i think that whole character and her whole just general move with that movie feels very much in 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 that like in with her ethos as far as like what you've been talking about like wh- where she decided to take this trajectory of her uh, of her decisions because i think she also, while she is sexualized in the movie, she's not really objectified. You know,
2: it's movie. on her own terms, yeah, for right. sure. Like, do
1: you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. She's very sexual in the movie. But it's yeah, it's it did, not like an. Yeah, she's, og- and she's, and it's she's not con- in an yeah. ogling way. It's not. It's in a way yeah. that feels like it fits with the story. And it
2: feels like story. yeah, she's using it. She's using yeah. those wigs. She is using in that, in that body. She is kind of way. Yeah, in a way that
1: like James Bond would be
2: sexualized and like, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and Sophia Boutella also like really lovely turn in that you know yeah. and, and you know oh, yeah. and they she's have great. their whole their whole plot and like and puts the heart into it where she really starts feeling like you see her trying to protect somebody else in real time and a thing that she probably doesn't do a lot, you know? Yeah,
0: and then Sofia Botea actually has a similar type of somewhat role, supporting role in Hotel Artemis, actually, which is kind of funny, which came out this uh, year. Ah, right. Yeah, but, so, oh, 2018, Gringo, uh, Australian comedy. Came and went. It's on Prime now. Uh, I'm not a big fan.
2: I didn't see it, but crime, like, you crime, know, crime
0: caper comedy. My husband
2: did, and I was like, "Do I need to see it?" And He's like, "Not for this." Yeah,
0: so. <laughs> um, she's having fun in it, though. To your point, she, it's a fun role in terms of like her comedy. Tully also with Jason Reitman, also uh, a
2: Diablo, Diablo Cody, Cody script. Yep. Yeah. Um, re-teaming.
0: I enjoy it. It's ambitious. That's all I'll say. There's like a, a, a pretty big, huge twist in it, so I won't re- really okay. go much into it. Anyway that's it what's next What do we? what's the next yeah. thing what do we want what do we want to see next from Char Lees Theron
2: well aside from Atomic Blonde 2 which, which is which maybe in the will wo-
0: happen right it no it's in the woods. no it's
2: definitely look yeah. look on IMDB I'm positive it's in the works right now that Atomic Blonde 2 is coming exactly. out which I will see in the theaters right yeah, um <laughs> with my daughter and I care if it's saying, rated has your her, daughter, has your daughter she, seen it she absolutely has it was a family date and she was <laughs> not yet eight years old there was a ton of violence and a lot of swearing and bad stuff in there but I was yeah, like we'll make it we'll allow it you know it's been
0: announced um, so hopefully She's... it gets made. She's playing Megan Kelly in the Roger Ailes movie that they're making. They're filming it right now. Russell Crowe plays Roger
2: oh, Ailes. Oh, that's and interesting. And that is being made
0: by Jay Roach, who it, you know him from Austin Powers movies. You know him from The Campaign, which was the movie he made is with it... Will, Ferrell. Yeah. Will Ferrell. He also did Recount. Is, he also did Game okay. Change, so political comedy. Okay. Co- you know,
2: is it wrong that I am like not interested in any untitled Roger Ailes project that isn't um, an Adam McKay venture? Like,
0: well, but I think it's in this way, right? Jay mean, Roach is in that I think world. Jay Roach is it might player. be, I like guess. That. Yeah, yeah, I suppose.
2: Okay, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm down. I think that watching I her sp- play Maggie Kelly is gonna be fascinating. I, well, and I think
0: to your point, I would like to see that fun, fun Charlize. I think, yeah. I mean, look. And this is always nice when when this happens on the pod. I think the movies she's got on deck are the, movie, the movies we want her to be making, right? You're yeah. excited about Tom Bond, too. Mm-hmm. I think her having fun is making Kelly's going to be pretty exciting. So that's nice. It's nice to see that coming up. She's in another movie just for, you know, uh, the sake of it called Flarsky. Uh, that well, is a, a comedy. That's Jonathan. a bad name. Yeah, well. I, mean, I don't like that name. It's Fred Flarsky is an unemployed journalist, battered by his own misfortune, who endeavors to pursue his childhood crush and babysitter, who now happens to be one of the most powerful and unattainable women on the planet. That's what IMDb says. Jonathan Levine, who did The Wackness, who did 5050, who did All the Boys Love Mandy Lane. Okay. Um, it's Charlize, it's Andy Serkis, Seth Rogen, Alexander Skarsgård. So, okay. June Diane Raphael, who we like here on the show. D- I love her. So.
2: I love her.
1: She also has, I don't know if you said it, she also is working on the Adams Family animated movie which feels Is she playing Morticia? She is but here's the weird farce of that movie she's playing Morticia Oscar Isaac is playing Gomez Adam <gasps> why is it not live action? Oh my god the Both of them that, I, that is I would watch the two of them do that
0: Maybe, maybe that'll be the secret is that it will I be sh- they'll just be like I uh, would
2: absolutely I sure watch so. that plus wouldn't it be great if Christina Ricci came in in some way or other Right and oh, then they have so that nice. like a monster reunion I don't know who she'd play but like yeah. Those movies
0: I didn't have I didn't watch them when I was a kid and I went I over the years I went back and watched them and they are very good. They Those are two are very Adam good. Fans, very movies, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah no, they, and the, like and you need some chemistry between um, Morticia and um oh god Adams Gomez. Gomez. Gomez Adams yes Gomez. He just said it so I'm sorry but um, but yeah Gomez like they they would make a very very fun Gomez go. and I'd love to see that that's, that's great. great So
1: when you're at if you were to ask me what I hope she does next it's a live action version There
0: you go <laughs> yeah. We'll have to Definitely. call we'll, we'll call John Hollywood and yeah. we'll figure it out
2: Um go ahead Do No you,
0: I was going to say final thoughts final Charlize thoughts
2: well I was gonna I was I had a I had a vision of where what I wanted her to do yeah 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 final final okay so I think if we're talking about reteaming which I think there's a lot of people she could team up with again I would love to see her reteam with Jason Bateman in a season three of Ozark Oh. oh because they you know Jordana Brewster yeah uh, Jordan, no, no Bruce not Spiro. Spiro, Spiro Spiro Jordana Spiro yes Jordan um, Spiro. yeah Nicholas is gonna be mad he loves her so she 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 may not be you know she in oh, the show in the show she, the show, she like, may or may not no, I mean which are no spoilers no, 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 like no, no. everything's fine yeah, no, no, no. but like I can like there is a lot of room for someone to come back you know someone to come into the town someone from out of the town yes, yes, yes. who has uh, influence in some way i think it would be like a season-long arc as something like what jennifer had been in a different role and um i think that would be fantastic yeah and they that's should do it. a great idea they should hire me you. for the room that's what i think that is that's the writer's good. room i would most want to be in in that's the world arc. oh my is, god in the world that's, that's my show. one
0: okay connor any final thoughts
2: No, I mean, uh, you know,
1: I I was just sort of thinking about the context of us, you know, having that conversation of, like, what defines a movie star. And, uh, yeah, just to reiterate kind of what I said before, I I think if she was not a movie star for at least most of the career that we've known her, I think she certainly is now. I know that, you know, I know that I, for one, when I see her face in something, it at least lends the air of, like, oh, maybe that's worth it. Right? Like, it's, you know, so... Um, I think she would also be. I I would love to see her in some kind of a role, and it's. I say I say this only because I feel like I'm also partial to these kind of movies. I would love to see her do kind of like a maybe not a chamber movie, but some movie where it's like just her,
2: hmm. like. I would love to see her do some kind of
1: like a 127 hours. Or Or like
2: the conversation or something like that. Yeah, just like
1: something where it's like just like Mm. this like one-man band of a movie uh, where it's just her really just like commanding the screen and like making a meal out of it, I think.
0: I have no final thoughts. I like your guys' ideas. I think we should call – like I said, call John Hollywood, see what he thinks about live-action Adams, Chamber, and – Bring her on Ozark. That's it. Thank Bring you. Bring her on and Ozark. It'll be divine. That's it. Katie, Where? what do you got going on? Where can we find you in the Twitter world? Blah, blah,
2: blah. blah. <laughs> I, am, I am a very small Twitter following on at Katie Gonzo. Oh, yeah. But A-A-T-I-E. it's a good Twitter handle, though. Well, found it for a long time, so you you know I got in early, got on the ground floor, and you know, and uh, look for the next stuff we're doing at uncompromisedcreative.com.
0: There you go, and yeah, and including the paper store, which we mentioned, which you can watch on Amazon Prime, which is a good movie, which um, was co-written by Nicholas Gray too. Let's not forget. And um, what about me? DJ Mac on Twitter, film stage, Connor.
1: Uh, at scruffy looking on twitter, um, Craig, Craig, also twitter great also good in such that a boring one, I didn't one. Get in, so i have to specify i didn't get in on the ground floor on that one the the o's or zeros and looking because i have. <laughs> yeah
0: <which laughs> but it's amazing know. but still um
1: yeah I, <laughs> I write sometimes for the film stage
0: and there'll be top 10 lists and a bunch of other end of year lists coming out if you're listening they're probably a lot of them are probably already out um so read those And I think that's it. Charlize, we love you. We look forward to the rest of your movies. and I look
1: forward to her on the podcast.
0: Yeah, and she'll be on in a couple weeks. (laughs) And and we look forward to the A-sides, and we also look forward to the B-sides. Everybody, I hope you're having a happy holiday. Until the next one. Until 2019, we'll see you soon. To each their
1: own and to Charlize their own.